0: Hello everybody,
1: welcome to this episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast we watch. A randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. And we're not not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) We're watching Friday the 13th. Again. Again. (laughs) Same movie. We're going to watch it again. Back to back. Let's go. No, I'm just kidding. I like that film. I don't like that film that much. No, I couldn't watch it again right now. Not that, I mean, I guess, behind the curtain, we're not recording that right out. I mean, we're pretty close. Time-wise. I know. Like, I just meant, like, even the distance between when the last episode released and this one releasing. Couldn't couldn't watch it again. No. At that time. I no. couldn't, no. It's good. I like it. But, no, it's not one of those movies that I could just throw on and watch again. No. Like, over and over. It is a once-every-once-in-a-while kind of thing. Yeah, I'd say once, like maybe once a year. It's a uh, when I need to watch the Friday the Thirteenth franchise in its entirety. <laughs> Let me slap that in. Yeah. All right. you have anything you need to talk about, Bob, before we just like get into it? I don't think so. I think I'm good. I don't think I have anything in particular I want to talk about on this episode before we get into the actual movie stuff. Do you have anything? No, but I could send you on a rant right now if I if you want.
0: What does that mean?
1: I mean, I could send you on a rant about something right now. No. What you are you about me to, to talk about? If it's what I think it is, I'm going to get mad. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what it is. Oh, I have to do it now. You don't have to do anything. Have you seen the stills from uh, The Exorcist? Oh! The new one? <laughs> yes. I have, actually. Have you heard it's supposed to be so much better than the original? I don't... Stop that <laughs> from right From the now. director itself? Stop. 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 I have seen stills from this new movie. I think it doesn't have an epithet. called The Exorcist... Exorcist the Believer or something? Or Exorcist something Believer? Stupid. Yeah. It's dumb name, first of all, because, like, you could have just, like... Just called it The Exorcist? Yes. Now, I prefer giving it a separate name so we can differentiate. I do, too, but it's a remake? Yep. So giving it a different name makes me think it's a different movie? That tells me it's probably a different enough movie to be a different movie, but they're just going to consider it a remake. Which is dumb. That just means that they're probably going to be, like, remaking the first movie. But with significant changes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know what? I'm okay with that sometimes. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But The Exorcist is a special case where it's like, why Why are you are doing are you this doing to this? begin with? Who thought this was a good idea? Like, I'm being honest. Like, I The Exorcist is old. I think it's like 1973 or something. I might be right. I might be wrong. I don't remember off the top of my head. It's old enough to where, like, you, c- I could see there are benefits to remaking a movie like that in the modern age to, like, modernize it for a modern audience. Fair enough. That could happen. But it's also just, like, one of those movies that I don't think needs a remake it's, because... It's too good. I watched it this year. No. Last year. I lie. It was last year sometime, I think. Maybe. Uh, Technically, I think it might have been last year. I think it might have been last year. I don't remember. Is that season one or season two? Season two. Because it was oh. Demons. Season two, I think, was... This year. Was it this year? Yeah. No, that might have been, like, December. Hmm. October. No, it might have been, like, November. Anyway, it was after Halloween, well, but it might s- have s- been before the new year. We started season one in like October right after Halloween. Yeah. Like, I think we recorded season one almost on Halloween day. I yeah. can't actually remember if we did that. We were really close. But anyway, I've seen that film super recently, and I'm like, this is a great movie. It doesn't need it, man. It just doesn't. Yeah, I. my guess here... Is It's not going to be a remake, it's going to be a soft reboot, um, which is a pretty popular thing to do in Hollywood right now, where it's like, you basically remake the original movie, but it's also kind of a sequel, and that it references the first movie somewhat, Yeah, but it's basically the same film. That would be my guess, however, it could just be a remake where they just change a bunch of stuff. Which I... Don't really want like I'm gonna watch it. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with everyone right now. I'm going to go and see it. I'll no, give we're them. Gu- my we're gonna money. go watch it. I think that might be the first movie we watch in theaters. In theaters, because I think Bob's just gonna need to see it there. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna come out raging. It's gonna uh, be awesome. We'll have to figure out how we're doing a recording session after that. Yeah, we don't know yet. We haven't. because We've never done that before. It's one of those things that like it changes the format of the show because like there won't be an outtake section because we can't. Well, we could. It would just be very difficult. I don't. I just don't think we'll do uh, an actual episode on it. I think what we'll do is we'll have our initial thoughts on the film. And then if we ever start doing Blu-ray reviews, we'll do a review of it again then. Yeah, it'll be a whole different thing. Yeah, we'll talk about it if it's going to come out, if we're going to do it at all. But I'm just I'm so nervous about this one because it's one of those movies that like it was one of the first films we watched on the podcast where I went, this is cinema. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Like I was like. God damn horror is like cuz for a lot of people at least back in the day horror wasn't really good quality like it was you didn't think of horror as like is porn kind of yeah it was sort of like it had it had a very low standard i guess in it, a lot of people's minds it was like porn i mean i don't think you've seen it yet like specifically but there were some actors that just did porn that also did horror movies we've talked about that yeah i just meant like i don't think you've specifically seen it yet yeah i haven't There is a film I know where, like, one of the main characters is just straight up a porn star. Yeah. But, like, I watched The Exorcist and I went, holy shit, this is, like, this is kind of what brings the standard up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to see someone remake it makes me nervous. Yeah. I I mean, I think the real issue is that, like, the first film was so great and it was so successful that they're remaking it because they're, like, money yeah, which is, I don't think, ever a good idea. Not They're not like going into it like, oh, we can do things better. And yeah, I think they could modernize stuff, but I think at the end of the day, the issue with it is it's not going to be as good from like a film perspective as the first one mm-hmm. because the first one was just so good. Additionally, and I think this is a, a very big concern, it's a remake, right? Yeah. Assumedly, they're going to change as much stuff as they can and still call it a remake. Their reasoning being that it'll keep it New and interesting, and it'll keep fans of the first one entertained. Which I understand the thought process there. I usually don't like the results of that. Uh, there's a couple films in particular we haven't seen in this podcast that I'm not going to mention by name right now, but change stuff like that to keep stuff interesting. I'm pretty sure I'm aware of one of them. Ruin the film. Oh, what do you think of the Evil Dead remake? I don't know. I don't know how true that is. I've never seen Evil Dead nor its remakes, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Oh, okay, well, that was the one I was thinking of. Wait, which Evil Dead remake? <laughs> The second or the third remake? I thought though it was only one. Oh no, there's two Evil Dead remakes. Didn't know that. Uh Evil Dead four and Evil Dead five are both remakes. And then is six rise? No, six is five. I don't <laughs> actually know man. It's Evil Dead one and t- it's Evil Dead. Evil Dead Two. Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Yep. Then Evil Dead. Oh. Then Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, so four's the- a remake. Four's a remake. Five's a remake. I didn't know if I was a remake. Well, five's a soft reboot essentially. Weird. But it's also a remake because it doesn't reference anything that happened in the past. That's dumb. I mean, I, I guess it's less of a remake than any of the other remakes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's essentially a remake, even though it's a different setting and everything. Okay. Not the film I was talking about. There's a different one. But, like, okay. people do that sometimes, and I get the the reasoning behind it. I, I usually don't like the results because they usually have to change something very integral to the plot, mm-hmm. and sometimes that Original thing is much better. Fair enough. And so I I think that's probably what they're going to do here. That's not my main issue. My main issue is, like, it's a remake, but it's probably going to be a remake of the movie, even though the movie's based on a book. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think that's kind of a weird thing, you know? Yeah. Because there's just so many levels of, like, removal from the source material then. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, you could just, like, remake. Like, you could just do a, a separate adaptation of the book and probably get new content. That's fair. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of stuff in the book that they cut from the movie because it's just hard to transfer. Yeah, and I mean, I wasn't the initial script done by the, the author? I, I believe so, right? I think you're right, but I, we could be wrong. And so, I mean, he he would know best about what, what the cut and everything, but like even then, I know he had to leave a bunch of stuff on the chopping board. His mm-hmm. books are so much longer. I think that'd be a safer way to do it, but I'm sure that's not how they did it. Probably not. Okay, you ready to just talk about the movie now? Yeah, we can move on. I'm just miffed about this whole exorcist thing? I don't think you saw much, though. I think you just saw that the poster, right? I've seen some stills. I've seen some... Stop I... looking at them. <laughs> That's my turn to yell at you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I saw... I think I know... I think I saw who's playing the priest in it. Why do you keep looking at stuff? Uh, not by choice. Not a, not a choice? No. That's fine. Just going through Twitter and I scroll I just past it. I hate that you get spoilers for stuff. I mean, it's not really spoilers. It's just like the actor. I know. Well, thankfully there's no spoilers. Uh, straight up, I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm asking because I've seen like images that spoiled so much. Really? Yeah. Not not things I was happy about either. Damn. But it's the it's the whole thing with trailers where it's mm. like promotional. I didn't watch the trailer. I just I saw some skills. I just meant like I think it's like promotional shots. Yeah. Be careful with those. This is a general thing for audience members. Promotional shots and trailers. They usually like to get really cool things that'll get you in theaters. But yep. a lot of times, those really cool things can sometimes spoil elef- elements of films. Yep. Especially, like, if you're not thinking about it or you're not paying attention, it's not going to ruin anything for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're one of those people who, like, pays a lot of attention or, like, br- will remember that when you go see the movie, it can be, like, pretty major stuff. Yeah. Which sucks. That's It does suck. Anyways, we're going to go back to Friday the 13th. All right. We're watching Friday the 13th Part 2 today. Uh, came out in 1981. Oh, The okay. second Friday the 13th movie. Obviously. hmm Now, that sounds like it came out a year later, right? Yeah. No, it came out ten months later. Oh, damn, that's a really fast turnaround. Yes. Yeah, that's basically, we made, what, $30 million? Yeah, it was a lot of money. Let's make another one. I know, I know there's no setup here for making a second one, but money. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. All right, uh, description. It's time for more Jason. Okay. All right, it's an hour and 27 minutes long. Okay. uh, It's rated R. Woo, nice. If we get to one of these and it, it's rated G, I might shit a break. Bob, I don't I don't know how that would happen. I don't either. Because I think I've talked to you before about how, like, the MPAA has historically, like, to crucify this franchise. Because yeah. they just like to make an example out of it, I think, as well as having just, like, bad associations with it from both, like, a political level of parents complain and also, like, spiteful on their part sure point being is like i don't think that even if for whatever god awful reason someone made a pg friday the 13th film i don't think that the mpaa wouldn't slap a pg 13 label on it (laughs) they would be like look he's jason's in the movie they would they would come up with something they'd be like nah gotta be 13 years old (laughs) that's fucking ridiculous that's a big dude it's just, it's just a movie about Jason picking flowers and being a nice guy, and they're like PG thirteen. Do You hear where he mumbles right there? He said a curse word. He said a curse word. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking funny. Did you hear that silence? Yeah. He said fuck three times. <laughs> <laughs> Rated R. NC seventeen. I know you didn't hear any noise, but it's it's just really quiet. <laughs> it was implied. Implied fucking. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's two different things. That's what the flowers represent. Oh. Because he's picking them. Yeah. There are birds and bees as well. Ah, yeah. There it is. All right. For review scores, IMDb gave it a 6.1 out of 10. Okay. About the same as the last film. Yeah. Uh, Tomato Meter gave it a 29%. 29? Uh, And Audience Score gave it a 48%. Oh, my God. A little bit lower. That's significantly lower, if I remember correctly. It's been a couple well, days. Well, Friday the 13th gave everything across the board about a 60%. About a 60%. And that got 29 and a 40 yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. I don't either. Cause, because they're usually like, IMDb is like the composite score, right? Yeah. So it's usually kind of middle of the road. And so for it to be so much higher is weird. Mm-hmm. My only guess is what this comes down to, once again, is the simple fact that like reviews have to be added after the effect. Yeah. For like websites and stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's just more people reviewing on IMDb. And less on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. That makes sense. Because that tends to be my understanding of stuff, anyways. Like when I observe stuff, Mm -hmm. there's usually less ratings on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, at least for older films, than there is IMDb. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. It has three nominations, but no wins for awards. Damn. Pretty understandable. I mean, old horror films don't really have a lot of awards like that. Yeah, I mean, they just didn't win stuff. All right. Now, I'm going to tell you notable actors. Once again, I'm not going to mention Jason. Like, who the actor is. Yeah. I think we'll do that. I don't know what you say. When we come back from the movie? Like yeah, right yeah, away, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I thought that our, was the plan. Or Jason game. Well, I just remember, like, we forgot to do it until the spoiler section last time, which kind of sucked, but, like, we at least remember it eventually. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't think about that. Anyways, notable actors Amy Steele as Ginny. We've seen her before as Kit in April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, John Furry as Paul Holt. Uh, he plays Lee Hawkins in. All My Children. I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is. It's a, like a daytime television show. Okay. Anyways, he was on 10 episodes from 1998. And um, I just want you to know, I totally just remembered his name was Paul Holt because Paul Holt. He's credited as Paul, but like his full name's Paul Holt. Paul Holt? Yeah. Okay. Paul Holt. What? <laughs> is this a reference to something? No, it's just a cool name. <laughs> okay. Okay. I thought you knew something I didn't. All right. Kirsten Baker as Terry plays June in Gas Pump Girls. Stuart Charno as Ted plays Vandenberg and Christine. Uh, Marta Kober as Sandra plays Lorraine and Neon Maniacs. Tom McBride as Mark played Jim in Soap Opera and Remo Williams. The Adventure Begins. Bill Randolph as Jeff played Chase Cabby and Dressed to Kill. Lauren Marie Taylor as Vicky played Sheila Robinson and Girls Night Out. I think she was also in Slumber Night Massacre. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre? Slumber Party Massacre 2.
0: Hmm. Okay. We'll get there.
1: Yeah, eventually. And then Russell Todd as Scott and he played Scott Nash in
0: Where the Boys Are. Hmm. I think All the
1: right. only one of those movies I recognize or anything was Christine. Because isn't that that Stephen King Carr movie? Yeah. Yeah. We'll watch that too. Probably. Yeah. I don't know anything about that one other I than th- Stephen King Carr movie. Last year Christine was at the convention. I don't think really? be there this year. Damn. We do get to see, for anyone who's interested, a different Stephen King car heavy metal. That's not a Stephen not King. Not heavy story. metal. What is that called? What is that? What is that other Stephen King thing about cars called? It's not heavy metal. It's not twisted metal. What is that? Do you, do you not know? No, I can't remember. Maximum Overdrive. That's what it was. Maximum Overdrive. Um, the basically there's one just super egregious truck there because it's a killer truck movie. Yeah, it's really really stupid. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually we'll watch it because it's so stupid. If we ever cover uh. What killer vehicles? Yeah, I mean we watched that and Christine, and then probably something else. There's actually a good amount of killer like vehicle movies. Really? Just for cars, because hmm. like it's a smaller subgenre, but they do exist. That'd be cool. I wouldn't go so far as to say there's a good amount, but like there's enough for us to cover them. Yeah, and then that's separate from things like Mad Max, which are like or Twisted Metal, killer vehicles, but in a yeah. very different way. Um, no the the Goblin truck's gonna be there. Yeah, very that's specifically what it was. the Goblin, not the not the whole truck. Okay. That'll be cool. He looks like the Green Goblin. Yeah, he does. I've seen uh that cover quite a few times. Yeah, I mean that movie's kind of a joke. I mean, it's popular though. Like people, not people, not because it's necessarily good. Yeah, but people like it. But people because it's, it's a meme. Yeah. All right. Uh Director is Steve Miner, who is a uh, different director. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh He also directed House. You ever heard of House? Uh, like the Doctor? No. Like, it's a horror movie called House. Oh, no. I don't know that one. It's a little a little weird. Will we watch it on the show? Eventually, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. it's Not the greatest thing ever. He's directed a couple other movies, too. He's directed one of the Halloween films. Not going to tell you which one yet, because we haven't seen it. I was about to say, I don't remember this guy. No, nah, we haven't seen it yet. Okay. He also did, like, Placid. Anyone likes Killer Croc movies? Good Killer Croc movie. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, writer. Ron Kurz. Do you remember him? He did Uncredited Writing on oh. the last film. Yep. There it is. Yeah. And if you're wondering, specifically, I think the scenes he did in that film, because I didn't talk about it last time. I think I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I was looking around on this film, and I think he did the like the more humored scenes. Ah. Basically, he got the script, and he looked it over, and he added some more comedy stuff. That's part of the charm of the first film. In my, like. That's some of the better parts. That's some of the more entertaining parts of when it's just people. Yeah. And there really wasn't a lot of it. No. Couldn't use as more. I'd want. So that's what you know going into this one. Is there's definitely going to be more <laughs> characterization, I guess. Uh, maybe that's I'll ha- maybe is. I'll like this one more. It's possible. A budget about one point two five million. Damn, so, it's more money. Uh, yeah, it's about what two and a half times because the the last one was uh, about I thought the last one was like fifty thousand. Was it? Yeah. Okay, I need to remember. I think that's exactly what I said last time. Yeah, so you're right. But the box office was only twenty one point seven million. I mean, it still fucking made a no, ton of money. It's still a ton of money. Yeah, it's just not. Nearly as As much. much. Country of origin, United States, obviously. So the working title, just Jason. Oh, honestly, I don't hate that. Just calling it Jason? I mean, you know, working titles, usually it's, A, like a placeholder when you're writing the script. But it's also usually sometimes, like, the name you put on the film so people don't know what movie you're making. Yeah, that makes sense. At the time. So, like, people don't start sniffing around. Yeah. All right. I only got two things to tell you before we get into the film. First of all, uh, we've talked about it before, but, like, heavy cuts on this film. Not insane, but, like, a minute of footage was cut. Damn! The last one only had 35 seconds. Yeah. So, a minute's a lot. Yeah. It's, like, logistically. It, it is not, a lot. It's not a lot for a movie that's an hour and 27 minutes long. Yeah. However, for, like, a production standpoint, that's a good amount, especially because it's always usually cut from practical effects they did. Yeah. Which uh, and that stuff's expensive is very expensive, and also usually is what we come for as like slasher fans, yeah, that's usually what we're here for, and then the other thing is no Tom Savini, Bob, oh he really, didn't work on this film, do you know who did the effects for this film? yeah, so Tom Savini basically turned this film down because he I'm just gonna say didn't like the script and some of the choices in this film, oh damn, and so he turned this film down to work on another project, and then instead of. Tom Savini, we got Carl Fullerton. I just went to tell you right now. He does a good job. Okay. He only had like I think five weeks to get stuff prepped. Damn. Because they um they wanted another guy to do stuff and I forget what his name is, but there was scheduling conflicts. So Fullerton kinda came on last minute. Mm. Um, but he does a pretty decent job, especially for the time he had. Does he do other stuff like Yeah. The the really big one is he did uh effects on Silence of the Lambs. Oh, well I've heard that movie's really good. Yeah, it is. So, so- I'm not worried anymore. Not that I was worried before, but, like... No, yeah, it it sucks that Tom Savini didn't come back. Yeah. uh, For this film, especially because, like, he did the first one. Yeah. And it's Tom Savini. Bob likes Tom Savini. But Carl Fulton does a good job. Just wanted to let you know that right off the bat. So you're not, like, super disappointed going in. Good to know. All right, we're going to go watch the film now. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute.
0: hey everybody
1: welcome back we just finished watching Friday the 13th part two electric boogaloo I don't know about electric there wasn't a ton of electricity in this film ah oh, but wouldn't that have been cool it kept going out it would have been it would have been <laughs> shitty because we would have been able to see everything oh, yeah well no there was plenty of lightning that's electricity I guess that's fair you're I right. was more referring to like Jason shooting lightning bolt out of his oh, fingers. Oh, like fucking palpatining people. That'd be kind of awesome. Painted laser array, Jason. It's Maybe he's cool. like a hard rocker. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. They're kind of middle, 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 mid. Okay. Very, very middle. I don't. You didn't enjoy yourself. I did enjoy myself, but there are. are That's not. A, I'm asking kind of if you enjoyed yourself or not. Yeah, it was. It was okay. fine. yeah. I enjoyed myself, but it's very much one of those films where there are things I like and there are things I do not like. Fair enough. So, it's sort of a uh, mixed bag. Okay. I guess we'll just get into the description, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a quick description. I do want to say this now, that, like, obviously there's spoilers in the description, right? hmm And, you know, we'll we'll do our general talking after the description where we talk about the film. Uh, and then we'll do a spoiler section where we'll talk about, like, things that are actually pretty big spoilers for the movie. So, like, as always, I recommend you go watch the film before we talk about it if you haven't seen it before. Because having spoilers for a film sucks. Yeah, uh, But also, you know, go watch the film. It's it's good for you. But before we do that, I do want to mention the fact that, like, when we're talking about this film, there might be spoilers for the last film. So, you know, we'll try yeah. to keep those to a minimum if we have anything that's, like, a super big spoiler for the last film. And we'll try to put those in maybe the spoiler section. But just know that, like, the assumption here is you've seen the last film. Yeah. So, Because, you know, we're watching them all in order. So you should be watching them in order. Or you should have seen them. Yeah. Or you don't care. And in which case, good for you. Whatever. All right. So uh, the description of this is super, super, super simple because it's a slasher movie. It's got a slasher movie premise. This film takes place five years after the last one. Yep. Um, which is kind Weird. of bizarre. Yeah. Because this film was released 10 months after the last one. Yeah. So it's released in 1981, but it's set in 1985. Mm-hmm. Or 1986, depending on how the months play out. Yeah, it's just very strange. Yeah, it's 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 a weird choice. Mhm. Because like, I don't know, it doesn't really feel like there's a reason for it, no other than just like to say that that happened a while ago and not last summer. Yeah, basically just to put distance between the time that this is taking place in the in the first one. But it didn't feel like it really needed that time. No, but it, I guess it explains away like I guess it makes a little more sense cuz like they're I don't know. It I can see the reasons you'd say it's 5 years later. Yeah. But it also just didn't need to be, and so it's a weird decision since, like, it would make more sense to set the movie when it's releasing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's fair. Anyways, uh, it's set at a summer camp again. Shocker. You know, the prototypical summer camp slasher film series is set at a summer camp. Except it's not, like, an actual summer camp. It's, like, a counselor training camp. Mm-hmm. And very specifically, when they drive in, there's literally a sign that says counselor training camp, which is bizarre because they also kind of act like this place was going to be a summer camp later in the year. Yeah, I think they're probably using it like to train, but they're probably going to have kids come later. Yeah, it just felt weird because like the sign specifically says training camp. Yeah. So maybe it's like it was on a hanging sign that said training. So maybe they switch out that sign when kids come. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't very clear. But it's this it's this camp uh, on Camp Crystal Lake again not on Camp Crystal Lake. On Crystal it's Lake. It's on Crystal Lake. Although, I will note, this camp is five minutes walking distance from Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, it's real close. <laughs> we don't actually see Camp Crystal Lake, but we do, like, see the property. Mm-hmm. And I just want to mention, that's kind of bizarre. It is weird, right? Because if this is a summer camp, those are two summer camps right back to back. Yeah, but Crystal Lake's condemned, so they had to replace it. You know what I mean? That's how I feel, at least. You mean the the summer camp? Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because this camp looks newer mm-hmm. than uh Camp Crystal Lake, but also just kind of a bizarre thing to build right next to the the murder camp. Sure, you know. Makes sense, especially cuz like it's a decent sized lake. Why it's a pretty just big build lake. It on the other side of the lake where the murders don't happen. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh it's a training camp and the guy uh doing the training because he is in charge. Paul Holt, you know. It's Paul, Paul Holt. They just call him Paul, but his last name's Holt. I just think it's a cool name. Like, legitimately, <laughs> Ben spent the entire movie doing Paul Holt, Paul Holt. over and over and over again. I was just like, it's kind of funny, at least for me. But he's running this camp and he's training a bunch of people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's probably like twenty. Yeah, it's a 20, lot 30. of people. A lot of people. Now it becomes very clear that only a couple of them matter because only a couple of them are named, and like the rest are nameless background young counselors? adults. Yeah, yeah. which kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's a good way to have a handle on the important characters Mm -hmm. without being overwhelmed. And, you know, more importantly, it just makes this feel real. Yeah. Because, like, I think a major gripe for the last film is that there's just not a lot of people there. Yeah. Which isn't a big deal, but, like, all the counselors for that summer camp was, what, like, less than 10? Yeah, it was, like, 6 or 7 plus Steve. Yeah, it's just, like, an absurdly small amount to run a Summer camp with yeah um and this was like a realistic amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, the named characters are Vicky and Mark, yeah. Jeff and Sandra, mm-hmm. Paul Holt, Ginny. Yep. Ted. Ah, oh, good old Ted. Terry and yep. Scott. Yep. Oh, and Muffin. Ah, and Muffin. That's a dog. Yep. But that's ten named characters and a dog. Everyone mm-hmm. else was background. Yeah. And you know, basically the setup is they do a little campfire kind of. Let's sit around the campfire and tell a story tells the story of, like, oh, yeah, five years ago, guys, there were some murders at Camp Crystal Lake. But by the way, no one ever found Jason's body after he drowned in four feet of water. It's more than four feet of water. It was, like, six, maybe eight. No, nah, he was definitely, like, in the actual lake part of the lake, like, the deep end. No, nah, he was right off the pier. Was he? Yeah. Anyways. But if kid can't swim, kid can't swim, man. I know, but it's the fact that, hey, bodies float when you drown, usually. And also, like... He didn't drown. They're like, no one found... Uh, Jason's body after he drowned. So he's just, like, living in the woods as a woodsman. Yeah. But no one's seen him since. Nope. It's been five years of peace. Yeah, I mean, I know he did the killings in the last movie, but it's just, like, the fact that it's, like, no one's ever seen Jason since he died 27 years ago. Yeah. But he's totally alive after he drowned, and he's been living in the woods the whole time around Camp Crystal Lake. And maybe he'll come and get us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, long story short, Jason comes and gets him. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the premise right there. I mean, yeah, basic slasher premise. Man shows up in camp, murderizes some teenagers. <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. All right, let's see. I guess we'll do the uh, some general kind of discussion points right now. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything particular you want to talk about before we get to the spoiler section? Yeah, so last time we talked about this film. Oh, or- wait, wait. What? Can we pause really quick? I- I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But I have to do something really quick. First of all, I need to tell you the tagline because we forgot that. Yes, and the other thing. I forgot about the other thing, too. Yeah, tagline, which I think is great, by the way. The body count continues. Oh, that's not bad. That's actually pretty, pretty cool. pretty good. Yeah. That's not bad at all. I like that. The other thing, I have to guess who Jason was, right? Yes. Well, okay. okay. So I have a funny answer and a not as funny answer that I think is closer, right? My funny answer, because what other iconic slasher film that I love came out in 1981? and has Halloween 3. No, <laughs> Halloween 2. And you know who plays Michael in Halloween 2? Good old Dick Warlock. So that's my first guess. So that's Bob's first guess. And you we're gonna be transparent here. We are. Okay. I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah. Basically, I had to pause the movie for a second. I didn't even pause the movie. I pressed a button on the remote mm-hmm. and we're watching it on Amazon. And like the actors came up. Yep. And it showed him the yeah. Jason. So actor. I had that spoiled. Which sucks. And but that... that was my original guess was Dick Warlock yes. holding it. He was holding that the whole time and he was very disappointed he didn't get to make the joke. So we just we just let him make it. Yeah. Pretend it was very funny for me. No. So the Jason actor he saw. Warrington Gillette. Mm-hmm. All right. However, here's the surprise twist, Bob. Not the only Jason actor. Oh. Yeah. Huh? That 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 That's the surprise. Oh, that's No matter weird. what you guess, you, you weren't going to be right because you weren't going to guess uh, all of them. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, so uh, Warrington Gillette, Steve Dash, both of them are credited as Jason, and then there's also Jerry Wallace, who's specifically credited as the Prowler, but that's also Jason. What the fuck? Yeah, so there's... Three credited Jasons in this film. Wild, right? Why? Well, uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit. So this is kind of a nice lead-in. We'll we'll get to it. Something about Friday the Thirteenth sets, especially early on. I'm sure it's changed in the modern Friday the Thirteenth movies, which is just the 2000 what nine one. Yeah, <laughs> there's no other modern Friday the Thirteenth movies. Is that they were kind of shitty? Hmm. I, not shitty in a bad way, but they were kind of like not professional. Hmm. Okay. Like there was a lot of stories a lot of stories of people doing drugs Oh wow! all the time. I mean, yeah, it was the 80s, but, like, rampant drug use. Huh. Oh, there was another thing you were going to tell me, too, that I'll bring up in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that, too. Oh, God. Anyways, rampant drug use, uh, and there were some issues and stuff like that. Because, like, at the end of the day, horror was still kind of considered schlocky. Yeah. And for how successful these movies were, they were still kind of, like, B-movies. Mm-hmm. And just like with B movies, lots of inexperienced actors, mm-hmm. lots of inexperienced like directors. Like I think this director, this was his first time directing. Oh wow! A lot of the casting crew uh, was legacy from the first film, but also you know that was a low budget production. Yeah. So there, there was there was issues, and so basically what happened with this one is that there was the original Jason, and then he left, and then they hired another one. Now I I did spend a little bit of time researching it, so I can kind of tell you which one's which. Okay. If you want. Sure. Yeah. Although I I'm know. not like a hundred percent certain on this because shocker, Jason wears a mask. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's a lot of, they're not POV shots in this movie. Like they are in the first one, like shots of his legs, but they're shots of his legs and his hands or something. So point B is there's, it's hard to identify people, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll tell you which one's which spoilers, those guys. Cause I'm, I'm going to have to reference some scenes. Sure. So if you don't want to know like anything about Jason's appearances, there you go. All right. So, the first uh, Jason actor to be hired on was Warrington Gillette. And I think he was only working on the film for like two weeks. Oh my god. Yeah, not a long time. Uh, And then he quit. I don't necessarily know the specifics, but my understanding is that he had some issues with the stunts. Mm. Very specifically, he he does one stunt. And it's the only one where I can specifically be like, that's him playing Jason. Mm -hmm. Everything else, I don't think it's him. Because he was... Only Jason for very early on in the production. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of the scenes he was able to film got in. But he is Jason very specifically when you get to see Jason's face. Oh, that's him. Okay. Uh, And there's a stunt during that. Mm-hmm. And when he originally did the stunt, he's jumping through something. Yeah. They didn't set that prop correctly. Oh. And so he just ra- he rammed into it and bounced off.
0: Ah, that sucks,
1: yes. dude. And also apparently not the only time that happened with a Jason actor doing a stunt, which God, I, I think says how like there were some issues with professionalness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he did that. And I think that's the only thing where I can explicitly be like, that's definitely him, especially because he, he left so early on. Mm-hmm. Cause apparently he, he just wasn't having a good time doing the stunts and doing the Jason makeup and stuff. So that's Warrington Gillette young dude. He's still alive. Oh really? That's cool. And he, he does conventions and stuff. And then the other uh, Jason actor who was like the really big one is Steve Dash. And uh, he came on after Warrington Gillette left, and he was a stunt guy. Mm-hmm. Like, that was primarily what he did. Uh, Warrington Gillette was, like, a younger actor, kind of around the same age as, like, the rest of the cast, and was very much um, kind of inexperienced at that point in his career. Okay. I think he originally tried out for like, Paul Holt or something. Okay. And then he he told, I, I assume, the director that he went to Hollywood stuntman school. Oh, my God. Uh, and that's why he got the Jason role. But anyways, Steve Dash came on after him, and... Like, he's a experienced stuntman. And so he does basically everything where you see Jason doing stunts. Mm. I believe that's him. Okay. Big dude. But he was an older man. And from what I've heard, people didn't necessarily like him as much. Hmm. Because, like, he's this old, like, older stuntman dude and the rest of the cast and, like, crew it's are, like. A bunch of, like, 20-somethings. Doing drugs and stuff. Yeah. And he just didn't want to be a part of that. So he wasn't very friendly with anyone. Cool, dude. I've seen some clips of him from, like, talking. Hmm. Sounds like a cool dude. I think he passed away in like 2015, though. Damn. That name is familiar. I've heard that name before, but I didn't know anything else he was in. I don't know. Uh, he did stunts on Nine and a Half Weeks. I, I don't think you'd know that film. No. Also, Warrington Gillette played Stanley in Time Walker. Thought I, I don't know that either. That now. But yeah, so again, I'm not sure, but I think most of the scenes where you see uh, Jason running around, like mm-hmm. where you get to actually see him. Yeah, like chasing people and shit. That's Dash. Once again, there were some issues on set. God damn. I think there's one scene where he... We get to see Jason fall over, mm-hmm. and I think he he very specifically like falls on his pickaxe. I think he like broke some ribs there. Oh, uh, there's another scene during like um, the end where Jason gets hit with something. Yeah, and I think it like broke his finger because it like actually hit his finger. That sucks. So he had to go to the hospital. Uh, so that's that's kind of like the main Jason actor, mm-hmm. and then the other one uh, is as I said Jerry Wallace, oh. who again is credited as the Prowler. Isn't that another slasher? Isn't Yes. There, I, I was about to say, there's a slasher called The Prowler. But apparently that's, like, a secondary name for Jason, at huh. least in this film. And it was super hard to find information on this. Like, much harder than the other two. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, Steve Dash, I could tell it was Steve Dash with the, the mask off scene. Yeah. A, because I've heard him talk about that story because I've seen him at a convention. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, this sounds really bad, you can tell it's him by the face mm. because, like, I can see parts of Warrington Gillette's face. Yeah, through the makeup. But anyways, couldn't find really a lot about Jerry Wallace playing the prowler. But I think it's the scenes where we get to see like Jason's like hand. Oh, uh, okay. Or like his his legs or something okay. like that. Basically the scenes that aren't stunts, it was him cuz it was just probably cheaper and easier to have him fill those in. Cuz mm-hmm. a lot of them seem like they're like extra scenes they shot really quickly. Yeah. And like he's not an actor from what I could find. He was a uh, he hasn't done a lot, but he was a production assistant on this film. Okay. If you're looking for... I think the only other thing he was associated with, uh, he was he was a unit manager on Enormous Changes at the Last Minute. Kevin Bacon film, I guess. No. Oh, okay. Kevin Bacon's on the poster. I don't know anything about it. So those are like the three credited Jason actors. If you can tell by the way I say that, there's more Jason actors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this film has a lot, which is bizarre, and I think also goes to show how kind of weird the set was. Yeah, Kind of all over the place. First of all, there's a cold open for this film. We haven't talked about that yet. We'll talk about that probably in the spoiler section. But we do get to see Jason's legs for like half a minute. Mm-hmm. That's a different Jason actor. Jesus Christ! That is Ellen Lutter. Uh, she was she did costume design for this film, and very interestingly, she's the only woman to ever play Jason. Oh, how nice! She plays the legs there. Um, she also did costume design on Fifty First Dates, which I haven't seen. Not a horror movie. It's um Adam Sandler and. Uh, mm-hmm. God, what's her name? We've talked about this movie on the podcast. I like that movie. I know you do. We've talked about it on the podcast. Um, so that's that's one. And then this is a weird one because I could kind of find stuff on Ellen Letter playing Jason, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of a known thing because it's a cool fact. But there's potentially a fifth person who plays Jason in Jesus this Jesus Christ. And it's kind of one of those things where I, I, I spent a while researching it mm-hmm. to figure it out. From what I can find, it's not confirmed like anywhere, but it's kind of like, I don't want to say a th- conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a theory people have <laughs> That's really funny. That I was like I was looking into and I'm like, they're probably right. Okay. Like it's not confirmed, but I, I can I look at it and I go, Yeah, that's probably probably the case. There's a picture of Carl Fullerton, the guy who does uh the special makeup effects yeah. for this film. Yeah, that guy who also did Silence of the Lamb stuff. Yeah. There's a picture of him in uh Jason's outfit. Minus oh, the mask. okay. Setting up one of the effects, very specifically. Probably the most complicated one in the entire film. The uh... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a... Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I was just miming it to Bob. Uh, there's a picture of him setting that effect up, right? In the, the Jason dress. In the outfit? Yeah. And, I mean, in that part in the movie, we don't we don't get to see the full Jason. We just kind of see, like, an arm. Yeah. Do that scene. And so that, combined with, like, the fact that he's in that garb, Tells me that he probably played Jason in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes sense because that effect's so complicated. You have to be so precise with that. That you have to be very precise. You basically have to know where to hit the fake part of the body with mm-hmm. the weapon. And the person who would probably know that the best and could do it in one take. Was without... the guy who made it. Yeah. So probably a fifth Jason actor. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So <laughs> I spent a while because I was like, all right here's the three credited one of them's a prowler don't know what that is let me double check that and then i was like oh there's a fourth one and i was like oh there might be a fifth one that took a while all right three and a half jasons jesus christ i'm saying half jason because like one of the jasons is just legs and the other one's just an arm (laughs) yeah all right i guess we can move on yeah do you have anything you want to talk about yeah i do okay It's the thing I was going to talk about before we started talking about all the different Jason actors and whatnot. It's a cool talk, though. It's very interesting. I didn't know all that. That's kind of crazy, honestly. You know, the music in the first one? Yeah. So much. I like it so much more. Do you? Yeah, man. I do. I do. I I think, like, the, the problem that I have with the music in this is it's, I don't know, I guess it's just like I'm accustomed to the classic, like, horror soundtrack, and this kind of just feels like... It, all the music feels so derivative, I guess. It's just like, oh, I know exactly. Like The music feels... I don't think that's your issue. Really? Yeah. So the the soundtrack, again, done by Harry Manfredini. Mm-hmm. Same guy. Yeah. And he also uses some of the same music or very similar sounding music. And I, th- I think his soundtrack is really good in this. I think it might be just as good as the last film. Uh, maybe. I think your issue is he uses music in a different way in this film. In the last film, he used it very sparingly. Yeah. And it was only used on The Killer. And in this film, music's used more throughout, throughout, just like a classical movie kind of score. Yeah, I just don't like it as much. I guess. Well, I think the, I think the issue is it's not that you like the music less. I think it's just less impactful. That's more. What I mean, I don't like the usage of the music in this film as much as I like it in the original. Fair enough. Uh, it is a they had to transition sometime. Mm-hmm. Might as well do it now because like that that use of very little music fit the first movie mm-hmm. uh, because that's more of a uh, suspenseful like whodunit. Yeah. Versus this one's just a straight-up slasher. Very different genres, and th- different things are expected of them, and different things work. That's fair. And I think that style of music wouldn't have worked really well with this one. Yeah. I guess it's just a preference thing of, like, I just... No, it, it's less impactful, you're right, but it's just, sometimes, you just gotta change. Yeah. Uh, Something else I want to talk about that isn't really spoilers. The characters in this film, I like them a lot more Oh yeah, than in the original. It's much, much more well-written characters. Yeah. Even though there's, like, more of them. Yeah, they're each, a lot more likable. Each one feels more in-depth. The thing I'll say here, I'm just going to say this now, this film, in a lot of ways, feels like a higher-budget, more well-shot rehash of the last film. A lot of the characters are just, like, very, very similar, mm-hmm. but just more interesting. Uh, the premise of being at a, a sleepaway camp, same thing. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff feels the same. I mean, it, it's it. there's even, like, a similar sequence to get everyone split up yeah you know in a lot of ways i guess what i'm saying is it's it's this film's almost like a again a more well done version of the last film in some ways in some ways yeah now again it's a very different film because like i said i think it's essentially a different genre Mm -hmm. but faster moving better characters kind of the big thing to know yeah and i think the fact that the characters are more well characterized makes a lot of their deaths and or like character moments more impactful. It makes me like feel it more, you know? Oh, yeah. Because in, I'm going to be honest, in the first one, when some people die, I went, ah oh, they died. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. But in this one, it's like, oh, no! I li- <laughs> one of the characters, I went, no! Because yeah. I like him so much. And I mean, I think that's, it doubly holds true, because again, I think some of the characters are basically characters from the first movie, but uh, carried over. For yeah. instance, in the first film, uh, there there's these characters, Alice and Steve. So mm-hmm. Alice is basically like, probably the main camp person. Yeah. She was at the camp before all the other characters arrived. And there's Steve who's the owner. And they kind of had a romance. It felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. And weirdly forced, and it was only shown for like half a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this film, there's a similar thing where it's Jenny who's like the assistant camp director, and then the camp director who's Paul Holt. Yep. And they have an actually fully fleshed romance at going. Yeah. And, and it's, it's nice. nice. In a similar vein, Mark and Vicky mm-hmm. have a Two characters that have a great romance in this film. Yeah. I think it's super cute. I love it. It's great. I like Mark. It's probably my favorite part of this whole movie is those two because they're just like, they're not like super important. No. But they're super cute. Yeah. Especially because like you, once you've seen the film once, if you watch it back, you can see them flirting in the background the whole time. Mm -hmm. Or very specifically, Vicky macking on this guy the whole time. Yeah. Like in the scene where everyone's swimming in the lake. She is very specifically sitting with him instead of swimming. Yeah. Kind of sweet stuff. They also, like, they replace, in the first film, there's a character named Ned, who is, like, the funny guy. Who's supposed to be, like, you know, this goofy... Is that his name, Ned? His name is Ned. They replace him with a man named Ted, Ted. which is a much better version of Ned. Oh, my God, yeah. He's so much more... Because Ned is so unbearable. Ned is just, like, first of all, he wasn't funny. No. No. He was just an a asshole. asshole. He's just an asshole. At one point, well, first of all, he does um something that's really racist. That's true. I mean, it was the 80s, so like, I'm not saying it was acceptable, but like it was R- not shocking. Yeah. But he does something really racist and is also just a shithead about it. Yeah. Uh, but also like he was also he did things as jokes that were also well not funny, were also just like dangerous. Mhm. Like shooting an arrow at someone. Yeah. And this film, there's Ted. Yeah, who's also a jokester and like fucks with people, but was very specifically like, not, not the worst. Not Yeah. Like, he would mess with you, but you knew it was a joke and it was funny. Like, really early on in this film, and I, I don't feel bad about like, spoiling this here, uh, we see two characters getting their car towed away. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're chasing after it, and right as it goes around the corner, you just see Teddy. He's like, surprise! <laughs> yeah. Because he got this guy that like, pulled the car away like 20 feet mm-hmm. around the corner. As a joke. Because... Uh, Assumedly, he knows these two and they're friends. Yeah. Stuff like that, where it's just like kind of a dickhead move. Like, he's that guy. Yeah. But he's also like not the worst, and so I could totally get these characters being around him. Yeah. He's also just really funny later, too. Oh, yeah. He does some really funny stuff. I I will say, he is a ginger dude and just super tall and lanky. Yeah. I think at one point he's like, because, you know, it's the 80s. Everyone's wearing super short shorts. You went, look at his fucking legs. I know. <laughs> he's got long he ass legs. He looks like he could play Ichabod Crane. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're From, talking uh, about. Sleepy Atlas Hollow. Horror. Yeah, Headless Horseman. Sleepy Hollow. Just super gangly. And also his shorts only go up to like <laughs> his half <of> the thigh. <laughs> yeah. But they look like normal shorts. I think his legs are just that long. Yeah. Wild. Uh, but yeah, better characters. More nudity in this film, though. There's a lot of nudity in this film. A lot of nudity. And I was surprised. And, like... Let me be honest. I'll be honest. You can tell why it's there. Well, yeah. It's the combination of probably horny staff. Yeah. But also just, like, how do we get people in seats? What do people expect from a a slasher? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's add more nudity, more gore. Yeah. This film has that, too. You couldn't tell from the the increased amount of characters. Yeah. More bodies. More people to kill. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. You can tell me if I should shut up in a second, if this should go in the spoiler section. I do have a com- a complaint about the kills, but I'm not going to be specific. I'm just going to put this out there. I don't like any of them nearly as much as the first one. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, we'll talk about this later. I think the kills in this one are more creative. Really? Yeah. I'm of the exact opposite opinion. Oh, no. I thought the kills in the first one were mostly kind of boring. Except for one. One of them's pretty cool. I felt like most of them in this film are so meh. Okay, so I'm going to ask you right now. This is going to go here. Just don't be very specific. Do you think they were meh because you didn't get to see them? No, not even. Even the ones I got to see, I was like, oh, whatever. They don't feel good. Nah, I thought they felt pretty decent. Really? Yeah. Part of the issue, though, is like a minute was cut. That's completely fair. Versus 35 seconds. That's what I'm trying to get at. I think these kills were a lot more creative, like how people died, mm-hmm. but they're just, they feel lacking in a way that's very much like, from experience, I can tell there was stuff cut. Ah, uh, see, I couldn't tell better. stuff was really cut. Oh, I didn't yeah, really yeah, catch yeah. It. A lot of the kills in this film, and again, we're talking about this now, you get to see them happen, yeah, and then you don't get to see, like, the effects of that kill. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just... Yeah, that's because stuff was cut. Okay, well... That, like, literally for almost every kill, you can tell there was, like, at least two or three seconds bare minimum cut from each well, that, one. Well, that doesn't really change my opinion because it's not really... I, I don't get to see that. I mean, that's fair. I, I'm just saying, like... But that does suck. From a creative aspect, I think how people died in this one is more creative, like weapons and stuff like that. But yeah, you do definitely get to see the kills more carried out in the first one. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just... I felt they lacked when I when I witnessed them, but knowing that stuff got cut kind of pads the blow a little bit. Fair. I mean, it's one of those shitty things. when Like, this is... This is what people would have seen in theaters. Mm-hmm. This is what's easily accessible. So, like, that's how you view it. But it definitely sucks for me because I'm like, these kills, I think, are cooler, but they don't look as good. Yeah. Because I just didn't get to see them. I mean, fair enough. Anything else you want to talk about? Before we get to the spoiler section, no, I don't think so. Okay. Then I'm going to mention the thing that might make you uncomfy. Right oh, now. fuck. I forgot about this. Uh, yeah. yeah. We we were watching the movie, and I was like, Bob, will I tell you something that might make you uncomfy? He was like, how uncomfy? It's like, I don't know. But- why don't I save this? Because it's a good good discussion for now. Oh, God. So, there was basically th- three couples in this film, right? Yeah. Paul Holt and Jenny. Yeah. Mark and Vicky. Mm-hmm. Best couple, which, uh, fun fact about them. Oh. Vicky's actress apparently had the hots for Mark's actress. Nice. Like, super into him because she thought he was hot. He is hot. <laughs> Dude, he's jacked. He is a very big man. Yeah. Which they prove out throughout the movie cuz he's just arm wrestling, <laughs> he's arm wrestling all the people time people and it's destroying them it's awesome. I think the only time we see someone beat him is they use both hands. Yeah. But apparently he he was very nice about it when he turned her down cuz he was like, "Yeah, um not interested. Damn, I'm gay." <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. So. Sucks for her. Fun fact though. Good for him. And then there's uh what? Jeff and Sandra? Yep. So three couples, right? Mhm. Two of those couples, uh very specifically Mark and Vicky and Jeff and Sandra. The Two women were 17 at the time of shooting. Oh. And um, (sighs) out of the three couples, those are the two uh, where the women are uh, sexualized on screen. Yeah. We get to see Vicky changing, although it's from far away. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Sandra has a sex scene. Yeah. And apparently, like, they film stuff. And then when it was like, you know, when it they... when. The producers were like, "Oh, she's 17. You can't put that in the film." Yeah, yeah. God damn. That's why it feels a weird, weirdly cut. I was about to say that didn't feel like because I expected it, something similar to it the feels scene we like got. They shot stuff and yeah. then it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't have gone that far. For no, either character, it shouldn't have gone that far at all. I mean, we Vicky's changing, but like, and you don't see anything. No, but you could tell you maybe we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But. The Sandra ones definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not great. No, I didn't know that. And God again, damn. maybe some uh, some issues with the the set there.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, no just, fucker. like,
1: professionalness. That sucks. Like, I don't think it was a bad set. I think people had an okay time on there. Yeah. I think a lot of people had fun. But it's just, like, a poorly managed set because, like, there's so much oversight that has to go through for them to have filmed all of that. But that's very unprofessional. And exactly. I mean, I, I already talked about people doing drugs. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> the one kill. Yeah, where, like, I talked about it where I think uh, Carl Fullerton was doing it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, apparently, it was very uncomfortable for the actors involved being killed. No, oh. And at one point in time, one of the people on staff, like, walked up to uh, one of the people. hmm It was just like, open your mouth. And blew white powder into his mouth. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so he'd feel better. That's fucked up. Yeah. Apparently, it was a good time, though. Probably. Afterwards. Yeah, it was about to see. Apparently, he wasn't liking it beforehand, and then afterwards, like, yeah. Wow, that's fucking wild. Okay, I mean, I don't have anything else I think I want to talk about in, like, the non-spoiler section. Yeah. So I think we can get to the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. If you're okay with that? Sure. Hello, everybody. This is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this movie, please skip to 1 hour, 37 minutes, and 4 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 1 hour, 37 minutes, and 4 seconds immediately. Okay, so, spoiler section now, guys. So, hope hope you want spoilers. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, straight off the bat, I want to talk about The Cold Open. Yeah. Right. So, first of all, this film has an egregious, like, what, summary of the last movie? Oh my god. It's like I'm watching, like, one of those shows where it plays the last 15, like, last 10 minutes of the uh, last episode at the start of the next episode. (laughs) I know what you're saying. Yeah, the way you said it. No, I know. I'm uh, tired and stupid. You sound like Boomhauer. <laughs> Do you ever say Watch King of the Hill? Yeah, I watch King okay. of the Hill. King of the Hill is very good. It's coming back. I know. I'm so excited. Excited, but worried. Yeah, but it's the original creator. Yeah, that's nice. Anyways, and this we actually checked how long it was, <laughs> and that's yeah. how Bob saw the Jason actor. <laughs> uh, it's like six minutes, 30 seconds. It's like six and a half minutes. Of flashback. It's ba- it's very specifically. There's an intro where we get to see Jason's legs. Yeah. And then we focus on Alice, the final girl from the last film. Mm-hmm. That's why this is in the spoiler section. And she's sleeping. And as she's sleeping, I guess we're seeing her dreams. Yeah, she's having like a nightmare. But it's just clips from the last movie. And it's very specifically clips from the last 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Yeah. And basically, the the conclusion of that film. Yeah. So if you hadn't seen it, spoiled. Yeah, heavy spoilers. And it's just egregious. A, because it's six minutes long. It's so long. And maybe it's five if we cut out the jason leg stuff and maybe just the clips of Alice. But still, super long. And, like, the worst part of that is the the amount of clips it's showing is maybe ten minutes. Yeah. But it's a five-minute clip. So you basically see the whole end of the last film. Yep. Which, the best part of that movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But even worse, it's like it's not like this film came out a long time ago. No. Uh or a long time since the last film. It came out 10 months. Yeah. 10 months difference. And I, I just didn't they didn't need that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit because they Maybe. have to, they have to like somehow work the logic in that Jason is still alive. They have to establish because, it somehow. Again, spoilers. In the last film, Jason isn't the killer. No. Fucking Pamela Voorhees. Jason is dead. He Jason's was a dead child. Dead. He died 22 years before that film. And I think the only reason they have that, that summary in there is because at the very end of this movie, there's this weird g- dream sequence that if you, like, somehow read the right way, you squint your eyes, and you uh, run around in a circle, could maybe imply Jason's alive. Maybe. Even though in that sequence, he's a dead kid. Yep. And in this movie, he's 27. Or Well, no, probably 37. Older, yeah. Yeah. So he's probably, he was probably like, like 10 when 10 he died. When he drowned, yeah. And this is 27 years later. He's, he's pretty old, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. Anyways, there's that intro sequence. It's it's super long. It's it's kind of boring. Yeah, Sucks if you're watching these movies back-to-back, kind of like we are. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I get if there was a longer period of time between the films, but it came out less than a year ago, and you're going to show me the last ten minutes of the first film? Yeah, and it's worse for a rewatch. It is. It's god-awful, because I'm just, like, bored the whole time. But then after that, it's just kind of a sequence of Alice walking around her apartment. Yep. And that's a pretty classic... I don't know, cold open stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's pretty decent. The it's way it's shot is very voyeuristic. It's cool. Like, it feels like someone's doing a, I don't know, like a handheld cam shot. Yeah. And uh, the camera just kind of moves around and does, like, a really long, long take. Just fairly impressive, honestly. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of, like, scares just because, like, the camera zooms in in ways you think it's a POV shot, even yeah. though it's not. Um, and I, I thought that was really, really well done. But long story short. Alice get marked. Yeah, which I was upset about. She's scared because she goes to like she goes to call I think her mom back, and the lines are down. And she's got trauma. And so when the phone lines are down, she's like, oh, let me check the door. She checks the lock, locks it, and then she starts walking around her house. And you can tell she's nervous. Uh, and she's so nervous, in fact, that she picks up an ice pick, mm-hmm. which as I was talking to Bob about during the movie, something you don't see people owning nowadays. No. Both because it's a scary movie and a scary movie weapon, but also just like, you don't need it. You don't need it. Um, But she picks up an ice pick, and she goes to open the fridge because she's feeding her cat. Yeah. Assumedly milk, right? Or, like, refrigerated cat food. That's a thing. I guess, yeah, but... Some people refrigerate their cat food and stuff. I guess. And in the fridge, Pamela Voorhees' head. Yep. Two months old, we learn, right? Yeah. Looks pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, I think that wasn't done by Carl Fullerton. Oh. I think that was done by the original guy who was supposed to come on. Oh, that's kind of cool. But anyways, yeah, she sees Pamela's head, and then Jason grabs her hand with the ice pick. We just see his hand grab it and then shove it into her temple. Yeah. Pretty sick kill. Not bad. Hey, you want to hear another fact about, like, things going wrong on set? Oh, no. Yeah, the, uh, the, so you know how when you stab someone on a film, the thing's supposed to go into the head. Yeah, it's, like, compressive. Didn't do that. Ow! So it actually stabbed her in the head.
0: Ow! Not all the way
1: in, but, like, it just stabbed her before they cut. Ooh, that fucking sucks! Yeah. God bless also this movie's a fucking nightmare again for shitty stuff. hey, there was no dialogue written for this scene so Alice's actress and uh I forget her name off the top of my head so I'm gonna go grab it for my last notes. Adrian King improv that all. Wow, I think she does a good job. Yeah, improving through that cold open mm-hmm. she was also apparently, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, not told that she was gonna die in this cold open. They just asked her do you want to come back for a sequel? And she wow. was like, yeah. And then she got on set, and they were like, uh, you're dying now. God right damn, that sucks. Which really is really shitty. Especially because it's like, not only are you, you dying right now, but we're we're not going to help you get through this scene at all. No. Figure it out yourself. No, you're excited to be here. That sucks. That sucks. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Next up, Kills. Because we kind of already touched on that, right? Yeah, we did. Again, I think they're pretty creative in this film. So versus the last film, there was... Mostly throat slits with a Bowie knife, and right? And that is uh, continued. Uh, yes, but we'll get to that, because we're just talking about the first one right now. Throat slits with a Bowie knife. Mm-hmm. There's an axe to the face. Which I like that one. That one's good, because we get to see the axe in the face, even if we don't get to see it go in. Mm-hmm. Arrow through the throat. and arrow through the throat, which is by far the best kill of that movie, because it's super creative. It's super good. It's super great. It comes from under the, uh, the under bed. Under the bed, yeah. Love it. That's probably my favorite kill in that movie in it. Same. It's probably one of the best ones in the franchise. Is there any other unique ones, though? I think it's just the axe and the arrow. Yeah. The rest okay. of them are gut stabs, knife, knife slits. I don't know. Besides, like, the ha- the axe and the arrow, I think knife slits are not just super interesting. They're well done. Yeah, they're, very they're well done. done. Especially because you get to see the blood ooze and everything. Mm-hmm. They're just not super interesting. Yeah. Especially because it's, like, mostly on screen. I think if you got to see the, the attacker wrestling with them, it would have been better, but obviously... It's a whodunit movie, and they can't show that it's Pam. Yeah. In this film, I think there's just a lot more interesting kills. I mean, straight up, well, there's a couple throat slits. They're just more creative weapons. Our first one is a... Is it the garrote? It's a garrote. I don't hate that one. Which I- is pretty I'll, cool. I'll be okay with that one. Our next throat slit is a machete, and it's but it's the cool machete with like the hook on the end. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't see those really. I've seen them in old films. Yeah. I don't think they make them anymore. I don't know. Really. I assume that design is so you can take the hook and, like, stab it into a tree and then just leave it hanging like that? Maybe. I have no idea. It it looks pretty fucking cool, though. They're pretty cool. Although, it uses the back of the blade for the yeah. throat slit, which is a little bit weird. To me, that implies they might have been using a real machete for that shot. Which is insane. <laughs> which is insane. You shot, should never especially do. Especially because there's the hook end on the back end mm-hmm. of it. But that that there's that one. And then, uh, how does that... That guy in the house die. Is that a throat slit with a bowie knife? Oh, are you talk which one are you talking about? Oh. Do you remember? Uh, no, 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 he died that somewhere ha- else. I was supposed to say, that was a hammer. Yeah. You know what a hammer is? Do you know what a hammer is? I actually like that one. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, that one. guy gets a hammer, like a claw hammer to the back you of the what? head. You know what? I forgot about the way that uh what's his fake what's his fuck dies with the Yeah. The- there's another guy who That's gets- cool. I forgot about that one that slashed I in that the one. front of the face with the ha- the same machete. And it gets left it- in. It goes Full in his face, it lodges in to the bone. Yeah. Which, really cool thing, because they had to shoot that practically. Mm hmm But I think that kill is so cool, because they zoom in on the back of the head before they do it. Yeah. So you, and the only kill we saw, like, on someone's head before was the- The axe in the face. No, well- no, in this film. Bob. Oh, in this we're film. We're just sorry. talking about this. Sorry, film. sorry, sorry, sorry. The only other kill we saw where someone got hit in the head in this film was the hammer to the back of the head. Yeah, and it was the claw. So when the we're hammer. zooming into the back of this guy's head, we assume he's going to get hit in the back of the head, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere he gets hit in the front. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, I think it's an homage to the the axe mm-hmm. in the front of the head. I completely forgotten about that kill in the first film. I think it looks pretty good when we get to see it. Yeah. We also have the benefit of getting to see the axe go into the face, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then we get to see the body flop down the stairs. It's pretty uh, rad. Which is rad. There's a weird cut at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> really weird. Some weird editing in this film. But that's super cool, mm-hmm. especially because, like, I don't – this is a question I have. I'm not sure if you have an input on this or not, but I think there's a real person falling <laughs> down the stairs there. No way. I, it, he f- the body flops in a way that looks really real. I assumed that was a dummy. I know, but th- I I look at it, and I'm like, that should be a dummy, but I think that's a real person. If that's a real person, that's a cool fucking stunt. I, yeah, rad if it's a real person. I, I've watched this film a couple times, and every time I'm like, I'm more and more sure that's a real person. Falling <laughs> down the stairs. Very dangerously with a fake axe in their head. Not a fake axe, a fake, fake machete, machete in yeah. their head. The best kill in this movie, though, Spear, threw two people. They just finished banging. Yeah. This was the hardest uh, shot of the film. This is the one I think uh, Carl Full- Fullerton was doing. Goes right through the back of the dude who's on top. Yep. And the best part is the girl gets to see it happen. Mm-hmm. And right before she screams, it goes right through the torso. Super cool. And you get to see the act come out the bottom. Yeah. Uh, from what I can tell, that was the most cut down kill. Because you, you don't really get to see like the after effects. You don't get to see basically anything except yeah. for her scream it. And then it cuts to the bottom; it goes through them. Yeah, which is why um, I I don't like that kill that much. It's cool in theory. Yeah, but it's so mid. Otherwise, Fair it enough. just makes me so upset. Is uh, there any other kills? I don't know. I just I guess. I, first of all, I forgot about the one with the stairs. That one is really cool. So rare. I forgot that that kill even happened. Oh, someone gets stabbed in the stomach, and we get to see like the blood gushing out of their mouth. When it's the person who uh, discovers uh, the bodies of the the sex couple. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool, especially because uh, Jason has picked up the dude and hung him on the wall by his yeah, neck. Yeah, that's cool. I guess my thing is here, it sucks that we don't get to see them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the way I rate kills in a movie like this is by creativity because I've seen kills a thousand times. I've seen all the main slasher series. Yeah. They're all the same. And so what really stands out for is like how creative your kills are, especially because I, as a modern person, have access to Blu-rays yeah. Uh, and I'm fully aware that a lot of these films were cut down. And so the way we're seeing them is not how they are intended. So I like to view them as, like, how they're supposed to be rather than how they are presented in theaters. And it sucks that we're viewing these on, like, the theatrical cut. But point being is I think the kills in this film are a lot more creative. Because, like, even the throat slits are cool weapons. What, you don't think a garrotical a cool weapon? I don't know. I-, I guess... Or a machete. Much cooler than a bowie knife. I mean, it's cool And than it's bowie just, knife. it's the sucky... The fact that, like, we just don't get to see them, so they feel less impactful. So yeah. while they're more inventive, which is what I look for in a kill, they are a lot less visually interesting. Uh, but mm. then again, I I don't blame the film for that. I do think the kills, as we see the movies theatrically, are better in the first film, but they are more creative in this film. That's fair. I don't know. I I think my main issue is I just wanted to see more of it. Like, yeah. But that's not up to them. Yeah. They shot more. You just didn't get it. Blame the MPAA. I always, oh, look, <laughs> any chance I get, I'll blame the fucking MPAA. But I hate them. Good thing they found all that cut footage now, so you can go watch it if you get the right Blu-ray. I'm going to try to. I do want to mention, though, that, like, I think the coolest film of this movie is the the spear through the back. It's also yeah. the shittiest one because it's cut mm-hmm. so much. Like, you you get to see the reaction of the character before they're stabbed, and then the, the whole thing kind of at the bottom, where yeah. the, the spearhead's gone through the, the bed. You, those are both cool shots. And it's a good way to imply that. But I would love to have seen the middle. But I would have loved to have seen it. And they definitely shot the stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just it was cut pretty heavily, obviously. Like you barely see anything. hmm But I do want to say that kill is definitely a ripoff of another film. You've never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an Italian film. I was thinking about it. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so um there's this there's this famous Italian director. His name's Mario Bava. Hm. I don't know if you've ever heard Mario Bava. No. Nope. Uh, he's like a really famous guy who helped start the uh Jalo movement uh, yes. of Italian slashers, mm-hmm. which is, for anyone who doesn't know, it's this uh, it's this genre of like kind of whodunit murder things, mm. uh, where it's basically like there's a killer, and you kind of don't really get to see them to the end, and usually it's just like a gloved figure. Yeah. Very reminiscent of how early slashers in America are. Like, I mean, the original Friday the 13th kind of feels like that, where it's like mm-hmm. we just kind of see the killer's hands and nothing else till the ver- very end. But anyways... Uh, Mario Bava did some Jallo films, but he also did some films that were uh, very bloody and just, like, over the top. Some of them were still, like, Jallo, but just, like, I guess proto, like, slashers kind of stuff. Sure. Because, like, slashers hadn't really taken off, especially in Italy at that point. But, you know, it was a murder mystery kind of thing with excessive blood. He did this film in 1971, so ten years before this one, called A Bay of Blood. Oh, my God. Cool name, right? That's a cool name. It's... American title is even cooler. It's called Twitch of the Death Nerve. Oh, my God. Which, uh, assumedly is, like, you know when someone has, like, a death twitch? Yeah. Yeah. Cool last name. Good movie. Mm. Love it. We'll probably watch it at some point. It's kind of like, in a lot of ways, it feels like a Friday the 13th movie, like an early Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. But bloodier and well-written. Ooh, hell yeah. And, you know, not to spoil things too much, but there is, like, that, that kill- with the, the spear in that film. Very similar kill, I assume. Yeah, very similar kill. But just like, you actually get to see it. Ah, that's and what I, I wanted. Assumedly, you would have gotten to see it in this film. Yeah. But it sucks. Um, from what I could tell, it wasn't like a ripoff, at least oh. as far as the director was concerned. However, some of the like investors and producers for this film had probably definitely seen that film mm-hmm. and suggested something like that. So, yeah. Well, it wasn't an intentional ripoff from like the director or like the writing standpoint. Yeah, it was probably from a executive standpoint. And I mean, like, I get saying, like, it's a ripoff, but also, like, that man doesn't own the rights to that exact style of kill or anything, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but, like, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, there's like, using similar instruments, and then there's, like, the exact same kill. Well, yeah. And also, like, it would maybe be an homage if both films were very famous, mm-hmm. but you have to remember Twitch of the Death Nerve was an Italian film. And yeah. so it was a foreign feature coming to America mm-hmm. and definitely would not have been super well known. So it's like an executive producer saw this like cool kill in this lesser known movie in the States and was like, let's put it in a film here. No one's ever seen it. Let's steal it. You know, that's yeah, that's fair. I also want to mention like they use a machete in that film. Uh, it's actually on the cover that it's the same hooked machete. Mm. just want to mention that because I think that's kind of interesting. Because I think it's a straight machete in the last film when we get to see it. Yeah, no, it's a normal machete. Uh, but it's a, the hooked one in this one. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's related too. So yeah, that's the kill stuff. And I, I know me and Bob have different opinions on that, but I think that's how we view it Yeah, differently. It also helps that I've se- <laughs> seen some of the full clips. Yeah, that's my thing, man. Like, Okay, so I'll mention it now because I think it's kind of relevant when talking about this film and the comparison I made. There are parts of this film that remind me very much of My Bloody Valentine, which is a movie I really like. Yeah. And I very recently watched the uncut version of that. So much better, right? Ten times better. Yeah. I bet you if I watched the uncut version of this, I would say it's ten times better. That's fair. I mean, yeah, we're viewing the theatrical version. I just, this is my way of telling you when I look at Kills, I'm going to be honest, I'd recommend doing this too because I think it's a way to get more enjoyment out of a horror film. Sure. It's just to look at them for creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that happens naturally. And as we watch more slasher films, which are, as you'll find out, slashers eventually become just a, a movie that focuses on the kills. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that point and used to that, it's really all about how they happen. Because you, you see 400 teenagers dying, and it's just the same old schlock. But how yeah. they die is what matters, not mm-hmm. how graphic it is. Um, so kills, that also, just want to mention this now. Spoiler here for, like, characters who live and die. You know who gets to live? Motherfucking Ted. Ted. Luckiest man ever. Oh my god, so lucky. Like, it's awesome. It's so awesome because the goofball character rarely, if ever, lives in a film like and this. And also, I'm, spoiler for the first one, I'm pretty sure Ned almost immediately dies. Oh, yeah, Ned, I think, was the... Well, he might have been, like, the second Besides kill. Besides the cold open kill for yeah. that film. And, and the secondary cold open kill, because mm. there's, like... There's a cold open kill, and then there's, like, the kill at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. and then there's a 40-minute t- jump. Besides from that, he's, like, the first kill in that yeah. film. Uh, and you get that. That's because Ned is, like, a hey, shitty. But in this film, the shitty aspects of Ned are put into Scott. Oh, God. Who's Scott pervs? Who sucks. Gets his throat slit somehow. Y- Sorry yeah. for that spoiler, guys. He sucks, though. Um, he does suck. He's just a sucky perv. But, yeah, Ted lived. Ted's great. Kind of cool. Yeah because you don't get purely to see it often. Luck, but you know, but also, it's just very funny, because it's purely on luck. Mm-hmm. like, And it's super weird, because he's a named character, but he stays behind with all the unnamed characters. Mm-hmm. And they even give you a reasoning that he stays behind, because we see everyone else leave, and we just hear him ask, is there any place I can go after this to go drink so I don't have to go back to camp? Yep. Ah, it's great stuff. All right, do you have anything else to talk about before we talk about the ending of this film? Uh, Yeah, th- this should go in the spoiler section. Oh, wait, Jason? Yeah, it's How Jason he related. Well, not even that. Oh, what were you going to talk well, about? Well, yeah, how he looks. Kinda. I was going to talk about the. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Okay. Yeah, I I forgot to mention that. And the mm-hmm. second you said that, I was like, let me mention that now. I guess I was going to mention it at the end. Cause I kind of have to. Um, yeah, I mean, it's important because, like, I didn't know this was going to be like this. Yeah, I, that was cool that you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be spoiled for you because of the games. Nope. Because I know you've seen clips from the games. Mm-hmm. And I know... I assume that's probably one of the skins you can get. Because you can get different skins. It's the one I think people use the least because it's not really iconic. No, but it's still cool. And most of the, But I think it's cool because, at least in that game, it's the most unique skin. Because the other ones are just different colorizations and stuff like that. Yeah, Or like the Jason X suit. Yeah. But in this movie, Jason's wearing his original attire, which is... <laughs> I think he looks like a coal miner. You kept saying that. He's wearing blue overalls, mm-hmm. a plaid shirt, and then he has a pillowcase <laughs> over his head. And it's tied around his neck, and he's got, like, one eye hole. Yep. To be honest, I think he looks like a coal miner. Because, A, hey, it's, the, it's the overalls and plaid. Mm-hmm. But it's very specifically, for most of the scenes we get to see him, he's either carrying a pitchfork. Or a pickaxe. Or a pickaxe. And the, yeah. the pickaxe fits so well. Yeah, b- once again, reminds me of My Lady Valentine. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I just think it's really interesting that he doesn't wear a hockey mask in this film mm-hmm. because, like, you know, it's one of those things where, like, uh, we talked about this on the last movie, but, like, Jason's what's synonymous with this series. Oh, yeah. Right? And so not seeing Jason in a Friday the 13th movie was really weird in yep. that film. Um, and in a similar way, the way we see Jason is very specific to the Friday the 13th franchise. It's big dude hockey mask and uh, also not dressed like that. No, usually more intimidating and less like crazed woodmen. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing him like that, but also with a sack over his head is super bizarre. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason for that, for why he was wearing a sack over his head is twofold. A, it's because they didn't want to show his face. Because like, Fair. it's implied in that weird dream sequence in the last movie, which again, I think it's all in Alice's head, is that he looks kind of funky. Yeah, he looks deformed. Uh, at least his face looks deformed. And um, in this film, that's a ca- there's a carryover from that film. Mm-hmm. I, I think they they go a lot more crazy on it because he didn't look that deformed in the first film. No, his head was a little bulbous. That was like it, really. But he looked mostly normal. Yeah, he's so mostly he was bald form. for like a 10-year-old. Yeah. But in this film, like, his face is very, like, I hate to say it, but like, they make him look like more monstrous and less human. hmm For like how different he looks. Yeah. Which is intentional. I mean, they, they don't want him to look like an, your average human being. Well, no, because he's not scary. Yeah. But they want to cover that up the whole time. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like I said, they only show him at the very end, and he does a stunt during it. And it's a cool reveal for his face. Yeah, it's pretty good. But other time, he's wearing the sack. And they they knew they wanted to do that, to cover his head, so they could just reveal the face at the end. But they didn't know what to use? Like, obviously, because that's a hard decision going like, okay, we have a killer, but we're going to cover his face with a mask. Yeah. What do we use as an iconic mask? And they couldn't come up with an an idea. And eventually the... uh, the pillow sack was suggested by one of the Jason actors, Alan Luter, who obviously did costume design on this film. Oh, that makes sense. You know, the one lady that ever played Jason. Mm-hmm. Not that she ever wore the, the mask on her head. No. But she got the idea from another film. So uh, it's called The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which I, I don't know if you've heard about that film. I don't know anything about it. It came out in 1976. It's about a real murderer in oh. this real town. Holy uh, shit. That very famously <laughs> went on a murder spree and then no one caught ever. Oh fuck that! But yeah, in that film, uh, he wears that same mask, like a pillowcase on his head. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it kind of looks similar, and it's got that same. I think it only has one eye hole too. It's an interesting film. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, it's based on the 1946 Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Oh, I know about those. Yeah, I wa I I listened to a horror, not a horror, a true crime podcast that covered all those murders. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's a movie about it. We should watch. I think that, there's then. like a 2010 remake. If we ever do like a true crime kind of thing, oh, then we can watch. What is that one with um, what's his face from Slither that I can't remember his name now? The main, the guy that plays Grant Grant. Oh, what is that a movie that he's in? Something portrait of a serial killer. Henry or? Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, I don't think that's a true crime one though. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Well, I meant true crime is in, like based on real life. Ooh, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. I, not like an actual true crime thing. Yeah. Okay. You you are right that like in true crime, but I meant more specifically like mm-hmm. true crime. Also, we you want to see what that mask looks like in that film? Uh, sure. I don't feel that bad about showing it to you. That is scary. Yeah, but you can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, so yeah, that's how he looks. And then his makeup we've talked about. It looks pretty decent. Mm-hmm. You can t- Again, I- I've seen the Jason actor during the scene where it's like you actually see his face mm-hmm. in real life. Warrington Gillette. And you can tell it's Warrington Gillette, which is super interesting because having watched this film again after having seen him, it's like, oh, yeah, that's totally Warrington Gillette. That's funny. But yeah, I guess we can talk about the ending now. Yeah, um, it's a little interesting. Um, it's I think a cool ending, but it's a little odd. Fair. I definitely think it's interesting. First of all, right off the bat, it's not like the coolest final girl circuit I've ever seen. Mostly because the bodies are like revealed, kind of as the movie goes, which is fine. Yeah, but the real issue is like the bodies are revealed and then the the final girl starts running around. Which uh, heavy spoilers here. I'm just going to tell you who it is, so this is easier. It's Ginny, mm-hmm. which is very obvious from the beginning of the oh, film. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially because the credits say starring. Oh my god. What's her name? I always struggle with this. Amy Steele. Cool name. But it's basically they show the bodies and then it's Ginny running away. You know I'm gonna be real. This one's long. It is long. It's a long ass final However, girl circuit. However, I will say one of the things it does in this final girl circuit that not a lot of horror movies do, Bob's kind of spoiled, so this doesn't feel like probably a big enough deal to him. She fights back effectively. Oh yeah. Um, that's not a like the most common thing mm-hmm. ever. Usually it's running and screaming. Yeah. But Ginny fights back. She fucking WWE's his She badass. is a, a pretty badass Final Girl. Yeah. Not gonna lie. There's a couple scenes where she, like, outsmarts him. Yeah. Or, like, just beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Kicks him right in his fucking nuts. Yeah, which is such a cool thing to see. There's a couple little things in this uh, Final Girl sequence that you don't, I think, normally see in a film like this. Yeah. I mean, first of all, it's so early on in the, the series that, like, people haven't latched on to Jason as a character yet. No. And so they, they don't want to see just Jason triumphing, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They instill, You're still supposed to care about these characters a little bit. And so Jason feels very human in this mm-hmm. film. He does. Like, he actually takes damage in a very obvious way. He gets kicked in the balls, and he goes down. Yep. And, you know, I hadn't really thought about that when I've seen this film before, but that's such a weird thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, You don't really normally think about the fact that, like, oh, yeah, our big Hulkin. Male killers can get, like, knocked down like that. Yeah. like I think I made the joke during the movie where I was like, you know, if Michael got kicked in the balls, she'd break her foot. Yep. And that's probably true. By Halloween 5, Michael was basically unkillable. They're balls of evil. <laughs> balls of evil. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: okay, Mom. That was really funny, man. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> I shot him six times.
1: Six times. And right the balls. In the balls of evil. <laughs> they reflected off. Oh no! Maybe that's how he survived. Oh my his god! Big big Kahuna's—they block his chest area. Testicles. But yeah, he there's that. There's also this other really cool scene, which I mean, kind of gross, and it's like it's just like an interesting addition to have. But I I do like it because it's it's super realistic. But we see Gin- Ginny hiding under the bed. Uh, oh yeah. And she gets so scared she pees herself. Yeah. Which again, kind of like a funny addition, but also realistic and something you don't get to see. Yeah, that often. all of her friends are fucking dead, man. She is, at this point, cornered under a bed. Yeah. And it's just, like, such a a human reaction. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty good. Especially from a character that, like, she's been pretty, like, badass this whole time. Yeah. But it shows that, like, even though she's, like, doing pretty decent, she's obviously scared out of her mind. Oh, yeah. As she should be. Yeah. But anyways, the film finishes the final of her circuit, where she's made her way to uh, Jason's shanty house. Yeah. Which... Okay, look, I have issues with the fact that Jason's alive in this film. I mean, it, I do fucking too. It doesn't make sense. No. The whole they tr- they try to explain it away. There's that campfire scene. They, I think they use that initial cold open flashback thing to heavily imply that he maybe somehow survived. Uh, and they, they're even like, they never found his body. Doesn't make sense Ridiculous. at all. Because for the first film to work, Jason has to be dead and like confirmed dead. Like, mom buried his body every day. Yeah, because let's be honest. Pamela is exactly the type of mom that would only believe her son's dead if she felt his corpse in her hands and yep. buried it herself. Because she's just that that type of mom. Hence the murder. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> apparently, Jason's been living on this shanty house on Crystal Lake. Now, for 20... No, 27 years. Because yep. it was 22 years in the first film and it's five years later. Yep. Which is bizarre. Ludicrous. Because we don't get a ton of clips of Crystal Lake. No. And it... As, as we'll see, it eventually starts changing <laughs> lakes and stuff as film locations change, obviously. But it's not that big. It's not that big. Like, it's it's a lake. Yeah. So it's it's fairly it's sized. It's large. But it is not so big that you wouldn't find a house on the water. Yeah. You no? Know? Mm-hmm. It's not two camps big. <laughs> At the very least, it's not two camps big. Especially not two camps right next to each other big. No. I, I would even go so far to say it's not two camps on opposite sides of the lake, big because it's big, but it's not. It's not that big. Like, Fair enough. You could definitely swim from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a small natural lake. It's it's what you'd expect. My point being, though, is Jason has apparently been living in this one shack, five minutes from the water, so probably pretty easy to find, mm-hmm. all things considered. Uh, we actually see two characters walk from the water to this shack. Yeah. So no, we don't see two characters. We watch the other character in that scene won't we'll go there. But anyway,s we see Jenny run from the camp to the cabin. And I think it's only like 30 seconds. It's literally like she's running away in the woods. She crosses this distinct marker that marks the route to the shanty. She's at the shanty. Yeah, because she we see, a lot of her running. She's running in the campground. Yeah. And she'll go into different cabins, but I I do think it's literally like 30 seconds from running from one cabin to this shanty. Yeah. Uh, which is bizarre. Cause, hey, first of all, this cabin, this movie, this uh, camp, this movie set in is just literally directly next to Camp Crystal Lake, probably less than twenty yards away. Yep. Even though we don't get to see the camp at all, we just mm-hmm. see the property. But Jason is on the Camp Crystal Lake property and has been living there for twenty-seven years. Even though that camp kept opening over mm-hmm. and over again, and his mom kept visiting that camp over and over again, the murder people. Yeah, and and messing somehow it Somehow, he was never found by her or anyone else for 27 years. Oh, we years. haven't even talked about the re- the reason that he's an evil man, but whatever, the reason that he's attributed to being... We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Ridiculous. So it's just ridiculous that, like, he lives in this big house. Because it, it's a pretty big shanty house. Like, it's... He made it himself. He's, he, he's a woodworker. He's a carpenter.
0: <laughs> There's even a toilet in there.
1: There is a toilet. Not sure how that works. I don't think it works. There was water in it, though. I think he put that water in there himself. Or that's just his piss. It's... No, that was water. It looks like it's <laughs> it's set up to look like it might be flushable.
0: <laughs> I don't think Jason but has I, a flushable toilet. And what
1: well, what he might have done, hear me out, is he might have had the pipe go into a uh a pit. And so when you dump water in it, it forces the the stuff down into the pit. Maybe. Maybe there's that you kind of mm-hmm. Anyways, he li- he has this big cabin. Doesn't make sense. Um uh, but he chases uh Ginny in there. Yeah, and Jenny runs in and she sees Pamela's five-year-old head in this shrine. Yep, with her, uh, it's her, uh, her sweaters, her sweater sitting down right under the head mm-hmm. to make it look like her head's on a body. Uh, and there's candles set up and everything, which I guess have been burning for a long time. I'm not sure where Jason gets all these candles. Maybe they're earwax candles. Yes, but the fact or that maybe he has an apiary. The the fact that they're burning right now. To me, it feels like he must be burning candles <laughs> all the time. Unless he just burned them for specifically for the killings. Maybe. But um, she goes into this room, and the head's set up there. And there's also some bodies there. There's a body there. Yeah. I think there's two. One of them looks really shriveled up, and I'm not sure whose it is. I don't know. But there's some bodies there. And Jenny's like, what do I do? And so she grabs the sweater and puts it on. And then when Jason busts in the room, she's like, Stop, Jason. Mommy's talking to you. Mm -hmm. And it's this cool sequence where we get to see Betsy Palmer, who reprised her role. (laughs) She was like, I'll do it, but not if it's inconvenient. So apparently they came to her house and they just set up like a black screen behind her and (laughs) just shot her headshots. Damn. I mean, that's all they needed. I know. But she was like, I'm not going to fucking come out there and shoot these. You come (laughs) to me. I think it's rad. Yeah. If only she'd really slap someone in this But yeah, it's just like they do a thing where it's like Betsy Palmer's face over Ginny. I think it looks pretty good, especially for 1980. It's not bad. Good visual effects, and Ginny is essentially able to use it long enough to slash mm-hmm. at Jason. Except he sees the head right behind her right at the last moment. Yep. And he is able to deflect it. And then Paul Holt charges back in. Yeah, Paul. Because he got knocked out apparently earlier in the film, which thought makes he, sense. Thought he was dead. They were just wrestling. They were just wrestling. I think you you could say he died. But it's also not like super unrealistic that he lived. Yeah. But he right I just in. think it's weird that Jason left him alive. Yeah, but I think he was chasing Ginny. Yeah. And he didn't expect to be chasing her that long. Fair enough. Uh, I think he expected to stab her immediately. Like Which he is did everyone, everyone else. else. But then Paul Holt wrestles with him for a minute until Ginny can get behind him and like <laughs> slash him in the shoulder with the machete. Yep. And um, you know, I, I think that's a kind of a cool way to end the film. The whole the whole she's dressed up as like Pamela and that works, is super iconic. It's cool. And it's cool. However, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a little bit odd. (laughs) Yeah. I I do say, I will say, they set up this this ending from the very beginning of the film. And so while I do think it's a little funky, the fact that this works on Jason, you know, because, like, he's smart. Like, he's a ruthless killer and everything. And he has to plan out all these kills and hide bodies and stuff. I, I, I don't think Jason's dumb. And so the fact that this works on him is a little bit weird. But I do think it's well-deserved because they set it up from the beginning. And this is something I am going to talk about, that this film, besides good characterization, has much better dialogue. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact that, again, they set up stuff from the beginning uh, in dialogue that apparently I don't think you noticed. I didn't catch this at all. Shows that it's it's very well-written. And, I mean, I, I knew to look for it. So, to me, it feels really egregious, like kind of mm-hmm. worked in. But the fact that you didn't notice... I think, goes to show that it works. But Ginny's child psychologist. Oh, my It's mentioned my right as God. she pulls up. I forgot about this. And then when they're at the the bar later, because that's where everyone goes, uh, but specifically Paul, Ted, and Ginny, and then all the extras. Ginny has this conversation about, imagine if Jason really was real, mm-hmm. how he'd be like a child in a grown man's body. Yeah. Um, just looking for his mom. I think you wanted to talk for this. This is where they get the reasoning for why Jason would be a serial killer. Yeah. And it's a ludicrous reasoning. He doesn't understand death, and he wouldn't have understood it until he watched his mom die. There it is. The fact that he watched his mom die, I'm just like, bruh. Hey, that doesn't make sense, because there really wasn't a lot of places to watch that happen from. No. And also, why weren't you helping your mom? Yeah. Or revealing yourself to your mother, who apparently you love? Yeah. And in this universe, it implies that, like, in this timeline, in this movie, it implies that Jason... Didn't know anyone except for his mom. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make sense because he was at summer camp. That's how he drowned. I'm sure his mom was maybe the only person that was nice to him. Yeah. Because people weren't nice to the disabled in the, what, mm-hmm. 60s? Yeah. 1958, I think. Yeah. 1957. So I'm sure his mom might have been the only one who was nice to him. But still, like, weird reasoning for why he'd kill people. Especially because we know he's a woodman and just would have definitely been murdering birds and animals and stuff and eating like that them, eat, probably. And vegetation. Yeah. Also, it's kind of weird because there's... There seems to be this underlying implication that the town believes Jason's alive. Yeah. And is a killer somehow in the woods, which to me implies that, like, there's definitely been some unexplained disappearances mm-hmm. that aren't just obviously Pamela. Yeah. Because all the ones that we know of that happened at Camp Crystal Lake originally would have been linked back to Pamela. It's just weird, you know? Yeah. But anyways, they they do imply in that bar scene that, like, Jason would have maybe reacted this way. Yeah. And so I I guess what I'm trying to say is, while this ending's a little bit ludicrous, it's at least set up. I was going to make the argument, and this was my argument, that it works because Jason is just very mentally unwell. Yeah. Because imagine surviving a drowning at ten years old, wandering off into the woods and living by yourself for decades. For decades. Not talking to anyone. Not talking to anyone. You're probably not going to have the best mental health. He might have some, uh, like, vitamin deficiencies that affect his uh, reasoning. Yeah, and also... Apparently, you watched your mom die. That's yeah. traumatic. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's slightly ludicrous, but it it's set up well. I could buy it. And I can buy it. I will say, though, uh, and I do want to mention this. During the sequence where they're saying he's a he might be a grown man in a child's body, they do use uh, a very specific word to refer to him. Yeah. Uh, which isn't isn't great. Yeah. Different time, but still. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this section? In the spoiler section, no. No? Okay you have something else? Yes. Okay. Well, I got two things. Mm-hmm. First of all, this movie decides to end kind of how the last movie ended. Yeah. With a dream sequence fake out. Mm-hmm. And just like the last film, I don't like it. That's fair. It's, it's a good way to have a, a surprise at the end of the film, like a, a jump scare. Mm-hmm. I think jump scares are cheap, but like, whatever. It's a good way to end the film with a jump scare, and I know people like that. It's also a cool way to reveal how the killer looks. That's the reason I like it. Right. Because I think it's more dramatic than just taking his mask off when he's dead. And also, like, it's implied earlier. Or not implied, but, like, basically they take his mask off and they don't show you. So it's like a tease. And we get to see the reactions. And it pays off. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I get the reasons for it. Mm -hmm. But as always, I think a sequence that's explained away as, It was all a dream! Is just cheap. It sucks. It's cheap writing. Most of the time. Sometimes it could be well-deserved. But this time and especially because it was just done in the last film, is bad. It's a bad homage to make. Like, you could have ended this film in any way, but this was not the way I would have chosen to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think, more than anything, it's just confusing. Yeah. Because in the last film, there's at least, like, a cut where you can be like, oh, she fell asleep, Mm -hmm. and now this is a dream. But in this one, it's a solid, like, sequence of Ginny's getting carried back to the cabin, and they get at the cabin, and they hear a knock at the door. And then... Muffin shows up. We haven't talked about Muffin a lot. Oh, yeah, Muffin. But Muffin was 100% dead. Muffin got murked. And there's, a, there's a fun visual gag when Muffin gets murked. Mm-hmm. Bob is a party pooper and didn't like it. But you see Muffin looking up at Jason, and then it cuts the hot dogs on the grill. I think it's pretty funny. And it's a great way to get away with showing something that, like, they can't show in this film anymore because animals getting murdered, and especially dogs, would have been uh, not okay. But I just think it's a little silly. It is, but I think that's why I like it. That's fair. It is silly, but it's a silly way to do something horrifying. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good trick because you don't expect them to then show you Muffin's body later. That's fair. I didn't expect to see Muffin. Because you're like, if they were going to show me Muffin, they would have showed it. Well, also, I thought if they're going to show me Muffin, they're going to show me a burnt Muffin. Right. So I thought that was, I think it's fun. Yeah. And I think it's a fun way to get around technical limitations Mm -hmm. and like audience stuff. But yeah, we see Muffin come to the door. And then we see Jason bust through the window with his his mask off. And um then it we Ginny gets pulled out the window and it immediately cuts to Ginny being pulled out on a stretcher. She's freaking out. She's like, where's Paul? And assuming she woke up. hmm And also she can't find Paul. And that's also confusing. Because Paul should just be there? It seems to imply like Paul might have been dead. But then that does it that makes the ending where Paul's wrestling Jason mm-hmm. before she takes him out not make sense. Yeah. But then it's like how how did she survive this dream sequence? I can get the reasons for it, but I, I think it's cheap. But I also think it models the ending of this film yeah. in a way that's very, very confusing. That it doesn't need to be muddled, Because um, if Paul just shows up and goes, I'm here, perfectly fine. Yeah. I think the intent here is that we see Ginny being carried back to the cabin mm-hmm. right after the events of like Jason quote unquote dying. We all know he doesn't die. And I think what happened is she fell asleep while being carried to the cabin. And so she wakes up the next morning when the police are carrying out in the stretcher. Mm-hmm. And assumingly Paul is already, like, in the ambulance yeah. or somewhere else. Getting treatment, because, I mean, he got fucked up, too. Yeah, he has a really bad head wound. I yeah. don't know if you saw that. That's why he passed out for a while. And also, fucking Muffin's dead. That, that just doesn't make sense. Muffin's absolutely dead. <laughs> Muffin showed up and went, that dog definitely died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> actually really funny. Could you say that? And then immediately, i through <laughs> the window. Yeah. So, yeah, that I want to talk about that. That's over we're with. Now, I want to talk about, like, kind of a fun way to read uh, the first and second film. Oh, Lord, okay. At least in a way that, for me, makes them make more sense. Now, this doesn't clear up the timeline completely, but I think it makes them make more sense to be in my head, right? Okay. Uh, Kind of a, uh, oh, what's the word? It's not a fan theory. when It's like a fan timeline. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Head cannon. Ah, uh, okay. I know what that is. For something. And it's just like how I like to view these movies mm-hmm. uh, because I think it, it helps me avoid the issues between the two films, right? Okay, so the thing to note about this film is it's the first Jason film. Yeah. It's also, out of the two films, the one that feels like a slasher, like a traditional slasher as we view them nowadays. Yeah, for sure. And for that reason, it, it honestly feels like the first Friday the 13th movie in a way the first one didn't. Because again, I don't hate the first one but it doesn't feel like a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, fair enough. I mean, there's ten more movies like this one, and there's only one movie like that. And so in a lot of ways, I kind of like to view this one as the first Friday the 13th movie, and then view the original Friday the 13th kind of like a prequel. And my reasoning for that is twofold. A, it doesn't have Jason in it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, how you define a Friday the 13th movie is it has Jason in it. Yeah. And so by definition, and not having it, it's not a Friday the 13th movie. But... And I think this is very important. That film sets up this one, Mm -hmm. or at least a lot of the parts of that film, like how uh, Pamela dies, the background of the other's a kid that died in the lake, all that stuff. It's all very important to the basic setup of this one. Yeah. And so it does feel like background material and very prequel worthy because, you know, it happened five years earlier. With that being said, all that information is (laughs) very explicitly given to you in this film. Yeah, and so it doesn't feel like obligate watching to enjoy this film. In fact, that's I, fair. I think that's part of why there's that five-minute intro at the beginning, but so you can just put on this film and not watch that one. But my real reason for saying let's view that one as a prequel is not because I'm saying you shouldn't watch that one first, right? But I think viewing that one as a prequel maybe fixes the Jason issue where, like, he's a grown man in this one, and that doesn't make sense for the first one, right? It yeah. doesn't. How it works is basically, I don't know about you, but when I watch the first one and watch it as the first movie in the series, the way I view it is I'm watching events as they unfold, right? Yeah. But if I'm treating it as a prequel, at least the way I think about it in my mind is I'm watching events that already happened Mm -hmm. because they happened before the first movie, which is where I would set my timeline. Sure. Right. And, you know, when you're watching events that already happened, you can have this level of like, I don't know. Disconnection? Yeah, disconnection. Sorry, I forgot the word. You can have a level of disconnection from the events and how they happened. Mm-hmm. And I think viewing the, the original Friday the 13th as a prequel gives you that and helps you explain away some of the inconsistencies. Especially because I think the way you can view it is as a visualization of the legend of the original Night at Camp Blood. Because they tell you the story of basically the first movie during that campfire scene. Yeah. And so... You can basically view the first movie, if you're viewing it as a prequel, as basically how the legends unfolded around Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's the, pain- that's the picture I'm painting. Okay. Do I think it's great? No. I could buy it. But I, at least it helps you wrap your head around the fact that Jason's a grown man in this one, and there's no way he could be alive in the first one. Yeah. At least to me, it makes that, that jump in logic a little bit easier to stomach. Because it is really hard, the stomach. It is. It's really rough, to be honest. But also, I, I think viewing it in that way helps like people who don't want to watch the first one and just want to watch Jason. Because it lets you go, I don't have to watch that right now. I can just watch the Jason movies. Yeah. I don't know. Alternate way to view it. Thought I should propose it because I thought that might be interesting. It's definitely interesting. I don't think it solves my problems with the film. But I understand where you're coming from. All right. I guess, well, are we done with the spoiler stuff? Unless you have anything else. I'm, I'm out, out of good. gas. All right. Oh. Hey, we're back. Or still here, depending yeah, on... Yeah, depends on if you skip. Who you are. Because <laughs> we're just going to go on the recommendations now. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, I mean, look. Bob's a party pooper. I'm going to be honest. I don't like this one much as much as the first one. Just, like, straight up. So, for recommendations, if you're watching the whole series, of course you got to watch it. It's only the second one. you got to, you know, if you're watching the whole thing, watch this one, watch this, watch this one, watch the original. Do them in order. If you want. It's a pretty decent slasher. I think it's the most... How do I put this? Slashery slasher we've seen. Yes. If that makes sense. Like, it feels very classic slasher. Except for maybe Bloody Valentine's Day. My Bloody Valentine's also... Yeah. A very good slasher. But this is, like, classic, like, early slasher. It feels really strong. Yeah, this is just a straight-up slasher movie where the last one was more of a suspense, murder mystery thing. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a fan of that, it's good. Once again... The practical effects are pretty okay. They look nice. Some of them better than others, but... They look good. You just don't get to see as much as you'd like, I guess. Or at least as much as I'd like. I don't know about No, I'd like to see more. It's just uh, I tend to be a little bit more lenient on it because I know the reasoning. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't think I have any other recommendations. All right. For me, if you want to see, again, just a slasher movie, this is a very good slasher movie. The last film, like we said, is very suspenseful and it's kind of a whodunit, but it's not really a slasher. I mean... Technically it is, but Mm -hmm. it's not a slasher how the genre is understood. And so this is really the first film to embrace that. And so, you know, that's what you're looking for. if You want to see the the classic Jason really going hard, killing people. This is really where it starts, at least as far as slashers go. The other one is, again, camp movies. Pretty obvious. That's fair. Uh, If you're looking for practical effects and creative kills, this film has it. I mean, we've we've talked about this a good amount on this review. Like, it got cut down pretty hard on the kills. And so, like, while the kills are creative and the little bit you get to see of them looks good, they were just heavily cut because the MPAAA knew what was coming out of the Friday the 13th series and wanted to go hard on it. And that sucks. But if you get the Blu-ray, you can see it. So, you know, check it out. And then I think last but not least, if if you want to see a pretty well-written, like, good character slasher film, this is good. Quick. You're entertained throughout. Yeah. Alright, rate it, Bob. Okay, I talked about it last time when we watched the first one. I like slow suspense films, like whodunit mystery stuff. That's just like one of my favorite genres of show, show, movie we watch on the show. It's just like I have a fun time with them normally. And not that I expected this to be that at all. But I'm saying like coming off of the first one, it's very different. I still like it. It sucks that the kills are all cut down. And that was kind of what I wanted going in. But we get a lot more Jason. Because it's like it's it's more high-octane. It's a lot more like... The reveal's already happened. Yeah, the reveal's already happened, so he's just out and about, which I like. I like Jason. I think he's cool. I also like the way he looks in this film. He looks cool. Much cooler than Mikey. Mm... Yeah. Depends on which one you're talking about. All Halloween 2, Michael? No. All of them. Halloween 5, Michael? Absolutely. All of them. No. I just don't like Michael's design. You don't have to like Michael. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I like Michael. It's just objectively better. <sighs> Whatever. Classic Jason. Big ol' hockey mask. But... I do enjoy the characterization of the characters in this film a lot more. They're a lot more enjoyable. They're a lot more fun. They all feel like actual people and not just like archetypes thrown into camp setting. There's less boring downtime. There's way more less boring downtime. It's so nice. I think I'm sitting on a solid three and a half. Wow, you rate this one less? Yeah. I I like it less. Fair enough. But I, I think that mostly just comes from, I just prefer the style of the original. I guess that's fair. A lot more. And that's just a me thing, you know? That's just a preference. And also, like, I feel like you got to see a lot more gore in the first one because the kills are less cut down. I I think technically you saw less gore in that one. It's just they, they hold on the kills longer. Yeah, which I, I think you technically saw more gore in this one. Maybe. Just statistically because there was more deaths. Yeah. Like, time-wise, I think there's more gore in this film. <laughs> I don't know, I guess maybe just the kills in, are impact harder in the first one, like getting to stick. I also just like, I like some of the kills in the first one a lot more. Like, there's some good ones in this, but some of them I'm just like, they're whatever. Well, yeah, there's one kill in that first movie that's better than all the kills in this one. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it just sticks harder Except in my maybe mind. maybe one. One of the kills in this is really good. What, but see, the thing is, and another one is super cool, but we just don't get to see it. Yeah, the thing is, you know what's crazy? I completely forgot that kill happened. You did. And that, in my mind, means that it wasn't as impactful as it should have been. Because if it was impactful, I would have remembered it. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I think it's impactful. I think you're, A, just tired and forgetful. But also, it's sandwiched between multiple kills. That's fair. And also, you totally didn't forget it happened. I think you just blanked when we were talking about it. Because we were talking about the kills, and you went, Oh, and then there's this one character that I went, No! That's true. So you definitely remembered. I think you just blanked on it at the time. Yeah. I don't know. It meets every expectation I want from Camp Slasher and has a couple of cool things throughout that bring it to an extra half point for me. All right. Um, and for context, Bob gave the last one a four. Four and a half. So this one's a... Oh, you gave it a four and a half? Yeah, I just really like that movie. Christ, that movie did not deserve a four and a half. That's fair. Just objectively. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we talked about why. Yeah. All right, for this film, uh, let me just start by saying I gave the, the first one a three, right? Yes, I think so. Because, like, look, the last... I'm being nice, 20 minutes, but realistically, 10, 15 minutes of that film. Very, very good. But the rest of the first film is very rough because it's just so god-awful slow. Like, the suspense is really nice. And the suspense scenes where you get to see the killer are nice. But out of that whole, like, we're saying 20 minutes is the end sequence. Out of Mm -hmm. that original hour and 10 minutes, the suspense sequences are maybe 10 minutes. So there's, like, an hour of just, like, nothing with not well-done characters. That makes that movie really rough. And straight off the bat, this film fixes that issue. Yeah. I mean, all the characters, I can remember their names, which is <laughs> nice. I can't really do that for the first film. But also, they were interesting. I liked their dialogue. I didn't really hate any of them too much. No. um, Like, Scott sucks. Yeah, he sucks, but he, like, is just, like, a shitbag, and I don't hate him because of the way, like, you're supposed to hate him, so it's fine. Yeah, but it wasn't, like, Ned in the first film. Where like, well, it's
0: unbearable.
1: Where he's unbearable, but you're kind of supposed to like him, and it's like, no. No, He sucks. So right off the bat, I think it was a lot more interesting to watch even when we weren't watching people die. Mm -hmm. I also think we obviously got to see more of Jason in this film, um, which is really great. Yeah. Love seeing him. And I think they did a nice transitionary thing from like not all the way in the open, Jason, to we get to see him, Yeah, which I think is a nice way of handling it because I think if they had just been right off the bat, here's Jason in your face. It's a bit startling because of what the first film was. Yeah, it would have been too startling. It would have felt cheap. And so... Starting with that same, not POV, but like... Shots of his legs, him walking. Yeah, almost voyeuristic shots of him, I think is Mm -hmm. a nice transition. I think it's smooth. I really like that. Um, And I think it works our way up into like the big reveal of, let's watch Jason actually murder people fully on screen. Yeah. And then, you know, while the kills are cut down in this film, I do think there is technically more gore, but more importantly, I think the kills are more creative which, again, for me is, I think, a big deal. But, uh, as always, that's just because I've seen a bunch. And mm-hmm. while I would have preferred for them to be gory, because a lot of these kills feel like the wind was taken out of my sails, you know? Yeah, that's how I feel, man. At least they're cool-looking for, like, yeah. the three seconds I get to see, if even that. So I, I'll i give props for that. And then, just overall, this one feels more like a slasher. I mean, mm-hmm. the first film's, like, a murder mystery, which is nice. But, you know, I gotta be honest, as a as a a person (laughs) who has only existed when there's been a a ton of Jason films and also past, like, the slasher era from the the 80s and 90s. I can't not view a Friday the 13th movie as not a stereotypical slasher film. Yeah, that's totally fair. And so to have the first film not be that and this one be that just makes this one more successful, essentially, to me as doing the concept. I know at the time of filming the first film Accomplish what it was going to be, like it was trying mm-hmm. to be essentially a Halloween style, like who done it suspense slasher. But this one just feels like it succeeded more at just being a slasher film than that one. And I, I think overall, I'm gonna give it a four. Fair enough. Because like I overall, I think it was a better film. You know, now we can get into some objectivity because I think the end of the first film was great. That's kind of why the end of that film, yeah, was better than, like, any other 15-minute segment of this film. However, the ending of a film does not a good film make. You sure. You know? And when the first, when the majority of your film is kind of rough and boring, it's it's hard to say the whole film is at the same level as that end. Mm-hmm. And just overall, the entirety of this film was at a higher level than the average of that film. Obviously, like, I don't think the ending of this one matched the ending of the original. No. But at least they tried something that was uh, reminiscent in some good ways, mm-hmm. they did do some things that were reminiscent in bad ways, I think. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, overall, I think it was a, a, a better, or at least more fun experience for me. And I think for the average viewer as well. Because, once again, it's, just, it's so rough, the beginning of Friday the 13th. With that being said, the thing that really keeps me away from giving it a four and a half is just how truncated those kills are. It's, yeah. it's really the, the weakest part of this film, I think. Because the writing's pretty good. I I like most of the characters. I really love some of the characters. Um, yeah. You know, Mark and Vicky is like the classic. I think they're super cute. But yeah, the kills are the really, the big thing I think that ruins this film and that keeps it from being any higher than a four.
0: And I mean, when you're coming into a slasher, that's what
1: you're coming no, for? Yeah, that's what you're coming for. And like, I think they're saved by how creative they were. If they were all like slow, uh, slo- throat, <laughs> throat slits, I combine both of those words. Mm-hmm. If they were all throat slits and then we didn't get to see any gore, I think I think I couldn't have given it a four. I think it would have been a three and a half. Because, like, kills are what you come for. And they knew that going into this film. There's a lot more people in this film to die. Yep. But, I mean, without, like, actually getting to see them in the way I want, even though they're creative, I can't I can't give it a higher rating than a four. But, I mean, I at least I know they tried. Mm-hmm. And they, they spent time thinking about it. And so I have to give them props for that. It sucks that it was something out of their control that kept them from, like, including it yeah but at the very least you can see the film how it's intended at least in some way on like a blu-ray or something so I think I'd definitely give it a a higher rating for that but I'd have to go watch it same yeah on that note though I think I I gotta call it that's it so we're gonna go to the outtakes now yeah we'll uh, see you guys in a minute Hello everybody, welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Friday the 13th Part 2 so far. I really like this film, I think it's very, very fun. But, if you do not want any major spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to an hour, 53 minutes, and 5 seconds immediately. This first clip is me getting the piss scared out of me by a cat during the cold open. Weird things that just people used to have in their homes. Yeah, I mean, it is like, you know, the 80s or whatever. No, I know, but like... I have never met anyone nowadays who has an ice pick. Well, you don't need it. You don't need it. It was for the old ice bucket, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, I know people who have, like, uh, the mixing spoons that use the crack ice. That cat scared the shit out of me, bro. What the fuck? This next clip is our reaction to the cold open kill. Oh, no. Don't make another. Don't don't start making (laughs) coffee again. M.O., yeah. You know? Does Jason eat cats like Michael eats dogs? Oh! Whose fucking head is that? Whose head do you think? Oh! She got an ice pick in the side of her fucking skull! Yeah. Hey. Hey, he at least he's responsible. Off. This next clip is our reaction to seeing a fan favorite return from the first film. I think it's a different film. Oh my god, he's back. Yeah. I can't believe he's still here. Now, uh, let's make a bet. Do you think he's going to say you're doomed? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) If he doesn't, I'd be surprised. This next clip is me using my powers of foresight way too well. No way. We're actually going to get to see him. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, we're actually going to get to see him. No, it's fucking Ralph. Jesus Christ, Ralph. What are you doing, you little freak? Just being a crazy old man. You're just watching these fucking people make out from the woods. Like a creepazoid. I'm waiting for Jason to kill Ralph. That'd be awesome. Oh, did I (laughs) put... Oh,
0: no, Ralph!
1: Ralph's being choked out by Jason! No! The Man, blood? I didn't expect to call that so quickly. Well, he wasn't being choked out. He was being grotted. This next clip is our reaction to Paul and Jason wrestling.
0: Oh. Oh. We actually
1: get to see him fight. Holy shit, this is cool. They're wrestling. Yeah. Help him! Help Paul, you fucking idiot! Do something! Jesus Christ. That was a cool reveal. Also, I think Paul just fucking died. She let him die. Well, I mean, you also have to remember, it's a lot darker for the characters than it is for us. This next clip is our reaction to a body reveal during the final girl circuit. Oh, pitchfork. Oh, Ralph. She didn't even know that man. I wonder what her thought process was there, though. (laughs) I don't know. Because, like, she was like, who's this? Who's this? I don't know. He's dead. Our car's not going to fucking work. This next clip is why you should never answer the door in a horror movie. Why does she have the sharp end and Paul's got the handle? Well, it was split in half. I know, but shouldn't Paul have the dangerous end since he's the one answering the door? Nah, but that end's better for clubbing, which is better for opening the door. I guess, yeah. That end's better for stabbing if they charge at you. But it's not going to charge at it because, like, Jason's dead. (gasps) Look, it's muffins. No fucking way. It was a different fucking dead dog. That looked exactly like Muffins? Yeah. But at least Muffins is alive. So we can end on a sweet note. But Terry's dead. <laughs> yep. Oh hell yeah, brother. I was expecting that one. That's Are you kinda Hulk awesome. Hulk Hogan? Huh? Are you a Hulk Hogan? I you mean, like... that was just it's just cool. Oh no, yeah. You just went, oh yeah, brother. Yeah, it was just, it's really cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm more laughing that you did the Hulk Hogan voice in the middle of that. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Do we have any announcements, Ben? Mm, Not any, like, Exciting announcements. I mean, we're doing part three uh, next Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then part four on Wednesday again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we do our normal Friday episodes, as you know, and we're doing this right now. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places, including YouTube, which um not the most convenient, but is a nice place to show us some support because it's very easy to see that there. Uh, you know, we can see your likes your subscriptions. Uh, it's also kind of nice because there's this thing called a bell button that you can smash the shit out of, you know, just like eating a muffin. <laughs> and,
0: uh, oh no.
1: It's kind of a handy tool because it tells you whenever we're like posting new stuff.
0: Oh, God.
1: Additionally, YouTube is one of the two places where you can communicate with us. Uh, you can do that in the comment section in YouTube, or you can do that over on Twitter if you want to talk to Bob. Be like, Bob, your fans are talking to you. Oh, no. Listen to Bob. Yeah, Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure that muffin reference is only going to be people who listen to the spoiler section, but that's really funny. have seen the movie. Seen the movie, too. Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where I post information about the show, updates about the show. Basically, any information you want to know about the show goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do. It's really useful for people who want to, like, watch the movie and then listen to the episode so they don't get any spoilers or whenever we're beating around the bush and being really vague about stuff, you know exactly what we're talking about. Then on Fridays or whatever day an episode goes live, which currently is Saturdays and Wednesdays while we're doing this series. And Fridays. And Fridays. Normal episode. I post a link to that week's episode, which... Take you right to the episode. So if you've ever missed an upload, want to know when something went up, or you know need a link directly to it, it's all on our Twitter. Last thing, uh, we're doing short form content now. We're on TikTok at boy the board and YouTube Shorts. So if you're interested in short form content and you want to see new clips from the show, I like how you say now. Like this hasn't been a thing for a while. Well, it's like it's like the newest thing. It's been a while, you know. But it's still. been a while, a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Anyway. But if you're into short form content and like the show and want to see uh, new clips from the show, check us out on TikTok, Apple, Boy the board and on YouTube shorts. I think that's it, Ben. All right, guys. See you next time. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time.